0: Hey, post-editing Sam here, for Anime Summit Podcast. Hope you enjoy this EX episode where we talk about pre-time skip One Piece. I had a lot of fun reading it, and I had a lot of fun with Nox and Eagle coming on. Just want to give this disclaimer. Number one, the first like 20 minutes of this, there was something happened with the audio uh, and it just was like, there's like white noise. Um, and it goes away later. So, um, so I apologize for that. I, I tried to Click and pop noise reduced as much as I could, and uh, yeah, Uh, so I apologize for that. But after that, it quiets down, and we're good to go. Second disclaimer is that like this is literally for people who want to hear my thoughts on One Piece. So like people who have read it or seen it up to like what we're talking about or the whole thing. Like this is for those people, and they just want to hear my thoughts on it because that's literally what this is. So it's full spoilers from chapters, you know, one to six hundred. So just spoiler alert, there it is. Okay, love you guys very much. Hope you enjoy this. And again, shout out to Nox and Eagle from Project Manga for joining me. Love you guys. Go give them a go. Give them a shout. Go check out their podcast. It's really awesome. All right, here you go.
1: And you find out that he swam butt naked through the calm belt, no weapons. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, wait, wait, wait—the the, the, the place that's like literally a wall of sea kings that people can't sail through. It's like, yeah, I just fucking hit the breaststroke through that bitch real quick. Where's Luffy at? <laughs> and it's yeah. like, yeah. um, sir.
0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Anime Summit Podcast. This is your favorite host of the most I'm the Bomb. And welcome to another EX edition of the podcast. I want to talk to you about something super cool I did. Started reading one piece. And I, I have to like talk about I have to talk to you guys about it, because I just I'm having so much fun. It's such an amazing story. Right, and I used to make fun of this shit for like the past seven fucking years. Well no more. And I needed some help talking about it. So with me. Of course, again, from the Project Manga podcast is Noxy.
1: Yo, what up? Thanks for having yeah, me.
0: Yeah, and the first time from Project Manga, one of the OGs next to Noxie, of course, is Eagle.
2: Yo, what up? Thanks I, for having me, man. Dude,
0: I've never had fucking Eagle. we have been, ta- been telling Eagle for the past 15 years. I'm like, come over here. Let's talk about anime boobies. And he was like, I'm down to clown. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, okay, when? And then he said when. And then now Project Manga is like doing all kinds of shit. And I just we just got busy, man. We just got busy. So now I copped the both of them to geek out about One Piece with me because I fucking read the first 600 chapters pre-time skip, baby. Well, technically, mm. pre-time skip is like, it like 596 or something. But 600 mm-hmm. sounds better. Yeah. Round yeah, up. I'm actually on chapter like 820 right now, but like let's go. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I was just like, no, let's. Um, I was telling, um, when I was like trying to get Nox an and Eagle, I was like, yo, let's talk about this. And then Eagle was like, no, uh, tell Sam that she should read up to this part so we could talk about everything pre time skip. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, there's a time skip. That's right. I heard him. that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, thank you for Eagle. For that idea because at first I was just like, Oh, yeah, let's just do the first 500 chapters or whatever, or first 400, some whatever. But no, this makes yeah. way more sense to talk about it this yeah, way. That was a good play. Yeah, that was a good, move. good, play, good play.
1: It's a much better segment as like the entire pre time skip chunk than rather, you know, a 100 chapters before that cutoff point. It's like, why not just go the rest of the way? Well, yeah. I
0: remember when we did Anitube, there was a whole panel where it was like pre time skip versus post time skip, and I was just like, mm. I, re- I remembered that when you said Mm -hmm. that and I was like yeah yeah." that
1: was a panel I forgot about that
0: yeah so I'm like oh yeah that was a thing I totally forgot about that so so, you know know how we do at Anime Summit Podcast when it's the first time guesting on this podcast put you on the spot okay so Eagle's first time he has to pick Waifu of the Week his band of the hour who did you pick
2: man You know, my waifu of the week, of the minute, of the day, of the hour, of the year. Of of my life, really. You already know. It's Mario Leona. Ooh. That's just my girl, man. I I ain't even got to explain it. I've already explained it ad nauseum. You know what I'm saying? She's going to hold me down, no matter what. Yes.
1: Eagle has loved Mario Leona with a red-hot fighting passion for quite some time now. Pretty much since her introduction. Yeah.
0: I actually think when I guessed yes. it on your podcast and we did the Femmes, the bad badass women. Yes. That was like Eagles like first
1: like <laughs> like choice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That was the thumbnail. Mario Leona was on oh, the thumbnail. Right. Oh that's that right, that's right. Yo
2: And uh who do you got for his bando of the hour? How's Bando man? You already know it's gonna be Sanji. He's about to hold me down. Big Sanji. Help me out. He's he gonna cook me fire ass food. Yes. And he's by the fawn over me, man.
1: <laughs> he- oh, oh, no. <laughs> now nah, I'm going to let you cook. I'm going to let you Maybe cook. I was going to go in. I was going to go in.
2: He might really kick me in the face. <laughs> yeah. But either way. You know what I'm saying?
0: Ah, uh, man, I love yeah. Sanji. He's a really fucking cool man. Um, yeah. So, Eagle, you know, another thing I have to put you on. Yeah, I have to put you on the spot again. Is when you're a first-time guest on here... I make the first-time guests tell me, or us, you know, rather, uh, anime you like, anime you don't like or really dislike or whatever, and an anime you can't live without. You can watch it all the time. You need it in your life at all
2: times. An anime I like is, I'll say, Fire Force.
1: Ooh, I like it a lot.
2: yep. Yep, yep, yep. And, uh to the point where i actually like kind of include it among a group of anime that i enjoy so much that i don't want to read the manga because the anime is done so well oh Uh, you're kind of like yeah
0: you don't want to make comparisons in your mind you're like
2: yeah yeah. i mean i like other uh, just another one that i include in that is jojo's you know oh for
0: sure yeah
2: um an anime that i dislike i will have to say um what is um the fuck god of high school ah
1: yeah, yeah. Right? it was buns yeah,
2: yeah, yeah the they adaptation didn't do well. was just they just cut too much yeah. you know of what they viewed as fat out but like what readers and viewers would view as like crucial story information right yeah yeah. Um, tower of god kind of got a similar treatment but Less so.
1: Still way better than than God of High School. Tower of God season one was was pretty good. There were some pretty crazy changes, but it wasn't as egregious as as God of High School, not even close. Yeah, Yeah.
2: God of High School they were like, This is for the meatheads, bro. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And an anime that I cannot live without. And that I could watch all the time and that I could watch, you know, any moment, you know, any number of moments to this day and still shed a tear. Literally pull up a cute clip on YouTube right now and cry. One Piece all
1: day. Hell yeah, One Piece. Which is literally more
2: more moments than I can count on two hands that I could literally pull up on YouTube right now and cry watching.
0: Yeah, it's really funny you say that because someone brought up to me one time. I don't remember if it was Nox or somebody else, but they had said to me like, "Oh, just if you get to a moment in the manga and you (laughs) want to watch it, you should just go watch that that clip on YouTube." And
2: seriously, yeah.
0: Sure. And so, yeah. Um. actually, you know what? When we get there, I'll tell you. I'll tell you when we get there. Because what, what we're going to do now is we're just going to jump into it, okay? And first of all, let me just talk about this. Let me just mention this really quick, okay? So I want I, just to answer the question so I don't have to answer it later. But people are going to be like, Sam, what took you so long? Uh, Well, for one, mm. it, at, at at the very beginning of it, you know, not at, not at the beginning of One Piece. It came out when I was a kid, so, you know, whatever. But like mm-hmm. when I was a kid watching it on Cartoon Network, they on when it came out during that weird time where they kind of weren't doing like *Tsunami* anymore or whatever. They did *Tsunami*, but then stopped doing it. I watched right. like the first ten or so up ten or so episodes, right? And I don't remember them. Um, I remember Luffy setting sail. Um, I remember seeing Zoro for the first time. That I remember that stuff. Um, but ever since then, I've just avoided it. I've even even avoided it so much to the point where, like, I don't know. I didn't know spoilers about it. I knew about the time skip. I knew about some big moments that were like, okay, shit, this is the arc where this happens. Um, Yeah. Like, I knew when Luffy was going to go into, like, you know, gear second or whatever, that kind of thing.
1: Oh, sure. You didn't have, did you have, like, other, like, did you have anything, like, super crazy spoiled for you? Um, like like some Marine Fort stuff. Yeah, or? I had a
0: Marine Fort thing.
1: No. Yeah. yeah, and so just just so
0: everyone knows, if you're listening to this now and have not read the first 600 chapters, please turn it off because we're gonna I'm gonna literally talk about all of it because that's like the whole point of this discussion. But yeah, I had yeah. I had um, let's just say a uh, uh, when we get there, you know, like a really big captain's yeah. death yep. spoiled for oh. me. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Oh. Oh, Ever no. since
0: then, I've just avoided it because I thought to myself, "What if I, what if I want to read it someday?"
1: Right. And right. then, of
0: course, I turned into one of those people who was making jokes about it, right? Like, oh, like oh, yeah. They they spend all a thousand chapters looking for the one piece. They go to KFC, get a two piece of biscuit for two ninety nine. You know, <laughs> sure, that, sure. I made that joke for too long, and I've, I've killed it by now. But like, <laughs> um, and then Noxy came on our podcast with Manga Therapy. Which we gotta get Eagle on. We gotta get do another manga yeah. therapy with Eagle. Before, oh, which reminds me. Okay, remind me
2: later. I'm curious. Go. So
0: so which is cool because it's just like the Project Manga guys come on and then they just recommend us manga to read, and that's what we do. So I need Eagle recommendation. So that's what I'm saying. But anyway, the first time Noxie came on, he went on this like just really quick 10-second rant about One Piece, like he was like, Here's here's why you're a bitch and I was like No, that's a really good point, though. And then I kind of just forgot about it, right? So, uh, Trisha helped me set up bookshelves on my side of the room, like on—or not my side of the room, but like my side of the bed. I have like bookshelves right next to me, and she helped me set them up and put like my manga there. And I have a bunch of odd and end ones, ones that are just like, oh, I have volume one of this random thing. I have volume ten of this random thing, and I have volume one of One Piece, and just the regular. Volume one, not like the Omnibus one or anything, just the regular. Mm-hmm. It's got like the gold leaf logo on the front, whatever. And it's just been sitting there staring at me for like the past however many months I've had these bookshelves up. And then I just decided, screw it. Let's do it. I don't even care. So then like a couple months ago, I just decided to read chapter one and I've been reading it ever since. So yeah, I I don't really know. I don't know if there was really one particular reason that I decided to. I don't know if it was the Project Manga homies or if it was FOMO or I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the people in my Discord talking about it so much. Um, I have no idea.
1: We can take the credit for it. Well, we'll since it since it seems undecided, we'll take,
2: we'll take that <laughs> yeah. w. we can hold that. Yeah. You cool
1: with that? You cool with that, Eagle? We can split yeah, we, the W. You get a that. V. I get a V. All right, cool. Yeah. I split the W. <laughs> yeah, a V for both of us.
0: Um. Yeah. So, anyway. it's very apparent that uh, Oda's art is very charming in the beginning of it. It's very, you could tell some parts of it were very inspired by like early Toriyama kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. um, which Mm -hmm. I very much like. I'm very much into that. It really honestly felt like I was reading or watching Dragon Ball again for the first time. Um, Nice. Those are the kind of vibes it gave me. But then past chapter, like when it got to the, the part where they get Sanji, it really, yeah, yeah it really started turning into its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I can't speak so much for like um so like I have the list of arcs in front of me, okay? hmm And I can't speak so much for much about the East Blue saga where they're getting like Zoro and them and all them and they be buggy. And I do really like the Baratie arc where they get Sanji I do like that because it's the first time where you see like uh, the backstory of a character that's different from like Luffy or Zoro's which they add more to later on by the way but right. like yeah. so, so far all you get of Zoro is like he had this rival and now he wants to be the best swordsman okay but then here's Sanji and the, his whole reason for <laughs> being who he is is like this really crazy thing from when he was a kid yeah. and it was just like okay that's really cool and then yeah. it gets to Arlong Park. This is the part that people keep telling me or they were telling me. They yeah. say this is the part that gets you hooked on one piece. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. in my opinion, I was already getting kind of hooked on it before. Um one part that really hooked me was Usopp. And the reason why yeah, the reason why he mm-hmm. lies. Yeah, it's just like Oh, dude. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. That was one yeah, of the first sure. times I got a little watery eyed because it was, yeah. it was almost like one of those, um, the way that Oda like narrates some of like the prologue things of each story is kind of like it's almost like you're reading it out of a children's book out of a tall tale book. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure.
0: And I'm just like, the way he told that part was just like, it. I felt like a kid, like reading about some crazy yeah. hero who did this thing just to. Comfort the people around him and the people he cared about, and it was just like, "All right, Usopp's actually like a really badass character." Like,
1: yeah, it's yeah. around syrup. I think syrup village is the first time where the characterizations start getting like really deep and like heartrending. Like syrup village, yeah. uh uh Zeph in the, the admin in our Discord like just started watching One Piece recently, so I just went through like all of East Blue up to like Little Garden with him recently and just, like, re-watching everything is obviously always, like, nostalgic just because of how, like, long the series has been going and how far and how long that I've been with it, how far I've come with it and how long I've been with it. When I look back at the earlier arcs, I'm just like, oh, my people, they were such, they were youngsters, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Like, it's really nostalgic in that way, but, like, I'd be forgetting just how, like, deep the writing and 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 the narrative kind of like was in the earlier times that's why i always tell people like if you can you don't got to reread you know all of one piece rewatch all of one piece you know what i mean like but you should at least after you get caught up with the series eventually go back and redo east blue at least once
0: yeah i already want to honestly like yeah. when i got to when i was in impel down and all that stuff going to marine ford there was a part of yeah. me that wanted to go back and reread um, yeah. everything from Syrup Village up. Because I was just like, I want to yeah. go reread this because I just have to. you know I probably will. Yeah. And I also want to watch the yeah. episode of the East Blue, which is like that remake summary movie.
1: Oh, yeah. Episode of East Blue yeah. and episode of Nami and episode of, you know, all of those like, you know, high budget recaps of... You know, the earlier parts of the story. I don't know. People say that the beginning of One Piece is, like, not good or whatever, or it doesn't get good until Arlong Park or nah. whatever. You know, I, in my opinion, I think that you should be hooked pretty much right away in in One Piece because it's good from episode one. But, like, if you, you know, are going into it with expectations of, like, you know, other anime series that, you know, you're used to that maybe got shit, of, you know, cracking in a in, – in a, in a bigger way as far as like spectacle goes you know what i mean like a naruto or a bleach or something like that like if that's if you're waiting for it to like pop off like that in one piece then sure it won't be until arlong park you know before it really starts to feel like a contender in the big three in that way but like narratively like from a storytelling perspective one piece is incredible from chapter one episode one and i feel like most people should be able to kind of like notice that if they're if they're going in open minded, you know what I mean, and like ready to actually see what the story is trying to do, but a lot of people are just like really meat-headed, can't deal with like, you know, older animation, need those like bright flashing lights and like big attacks early on. Yep. It's like it's probably not going to be for you until around Arlong Park if you can make it there, but
0: And I and <laughs> I have 100% agree with that cuz I was hooked pretty much right away. Cuz I went into yeah. I went into with the expectation like as a child. <laughs> yeah. You know, like this yeah. is my first time watching Dragon Ball on Channel 9. You know, so like I'm just gonna go into it that way because I understand how old this is, and I and it should tickle me in that way because I'm a big nostalgia whore anyway. So I was hooked pretty pretty close to the beginning, but now let me ask you this. Well, I guess Noxy kind of already said it, but Eagle, from let's say from Romance Dawn up to right before Arlong, what is like some of your favorite moments in that era? And I I guess you said Sanji was his Bando.
2: Just to dovetail off of the, you know, previous kind of points you guys were making, like, I was hooked literally episode one, and I feel, you know, looking back, I know what did it for me is literally, like, Luffy's character. Oh, yeah. Because that's on display in full effect from the first scene, right? Like, you can see Mm -hmm. the type of person he is in terms of, like, how free he is and the, the type of life that he wants to live, and... Through the dynamics that he kind of has with Kobe on, on Alveda's ship, like you can also see the type of person he is in terms of how he views other people in relation to like their ambition and how they live their lives. Um, Mm -hmm. Because when Kobe is like acting like a bitch in Alveda's ship, he's like, you're a fucking hoe. Mm -hmm. Like he literally tells him straight up, like, you're a bitch, dude.
1: Yeah. uh, Don't like you
2: and then when he yeah he he's like I don't like you and and like when he finally does stand up for himself to Albeda without even w- any words or anything like Luffy activates protects him and fucking you know acknowledges that and respects that uh that ambition to be free and to like not live in subservience you know mhm and so that I feel is is what is one of the strongest things in One Piece really across the board is like Luffy's character and now to answer the question in terms of like my favorite moments like there's just so many right like
3: <laughs>
2: obviously the one i was just talking about with kobe like that's huge for me um and then even going forward into like just stupid shit like the scene with the dog in um when he's fighting when he's fighting buggy in mm-hmm. on I can't, I can't remember the name of the island
1: Orange Town. But the scene Orange where Town, he's
2: yeah. literally, like, acknowledging and respecting the dog's resolve and shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, Luffy's character is what shines through and through to me. Um, yeah. I love... Man, it's crazy. Obviously, like you <laughs> said, the the Usopp moments in Syrup Village where we get, you know, the revelations of his motivations behind the lies. Um, Zoro's thing on the fucking Shell Island, right? The Navy base. Um, The way he's kind of taken onto his shoulders a punishment that's not even meant to be his. um, And literally resolves to like die for it, even though he doesn't think he's going to die. But that's huge in terms of Zorro's character. Man, there's just so many, so many fucking moments. And then Arlong Park is huge. And like you said, I feel like that is... The biggest display that you'll get earliest of like what the series really is about, in terms of like obviously, we don't you know, it, it becomes much grander, but kind of in a vacuum, I guess you get an idea of the dynamic that you're going to have going forward with the crew absolutely and the the extents to which Luffy, you know, Sanji, Zoro, Nami, anybody is willing to go to. To defend and, and protect and you know keep alive the people that they that they have come to view as family through experience. Hell
0: yeah. yeah, and and I'm and I'm, I'm not, and I'm gonna that's that's the next thing exactly what I wanted to talk about because like people have asked me like oh Sam what's your favorite thing about One Piece so far and I'm like my favorite part about One Piece is when Luffy decides to kick someone's ass because oh, it's yeah. always somebody who deserves it and it's always somebody who like. They've had it coming for years and no one gave it to them. And Luffy was the one person who decided, no, I'm going to give it to him. And then Sanji, Zoro, and, and Usopp are just like, all right, if he's going to go, we're going to go. And like, I'm just going to post this so like, you know, obviously the listeners can't see it. But I'm going to post this chapter cover page so you guys can see what I'm talking about. But sure. this is very important because this title page by itself, which is the chapter oh, 82 yep. cover page... Oh, yeah. So there's that moment where Nami is like, she finally is just like asking, she finally asks for help. Because Mm -hmm. Luffy is like, Luffy is like what Eagle said. Luffy is very like, no, you have to tell me. I have to know that this is what you want. Yes. Because I'm willing to do it, but you have to decide that that's what you need and that's what you want. You have to decide to help yourself. And if helping yourself means asking me for help, then I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And she, like, asks for help, and then he puts the straw hat on her. Which, like, for the first 80-some chapters, he's, huge. like, very... Yeah, he's, like, very protective of it, right? And then he and puts it on her. And
2: back to it when she tells him, like, she touched the hat or something, and he literally snapped on her, like, don't fucking touch my treasure! Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. yep. Yeah. And then she, like, remembers it, and she's crying. And it's just, like... And then yeah. Zoro and Usopp and Sanji don't even question it. They're just, like... He just, like, says their names, and they're just like, okay.
2: I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's just like, yeah, he's like, yo, Zoro, Sanji, Usoppa. Yeah. He's just like, let's go. And they're, like, and they're just like, yeah Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, that, that super iconic, you know. Atarimaida. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yeah, man. Oh, that yeah. gets me and then so you get, gassed up just thinking about it, bro.
1: You get the overtake OST, like, as bro, they, you know, bump, like, start bump. to walk out. Bumping, bumping, bumping. Taken
2: is like the greatest. Oh my god, dude! And, yeah, it's like so hype. Like just like goosebumps right away. Yeah, a slept on moment, bro. Like, oh my gosh, dude! When Luffy kicks the map table out of the room, when he breaks and, uh, the room, dude. Oh when when my fucking god! When he breaks the room apart, bro. Oh my fucking god, dude! Like, and and everybody's like, holy shit, it's a vicious battle going on up there. Ah! ah. And oh. in reality. Luffy's just literally breaking the fucking room apart and the only one who truly knows what's going on is Nami as she sees the desk falling like she sees and knows Luffy is destroying this room because he knows like that it's the only thing keeping me here and she like literally breaks down into tears and like that moment oh my god dude he's fucking fire and then in tandem with the moment where like at the climax of that when the castle falls and he breaks up out of the rubble and the first thing he, you know, shouts as he comes up is, Nami, you're my friend. You know? Oh, God damn yes. it. Dude. Oh, my fucking God, dude. Like, wow. <laughs> God Peak. fucking Peak. damn it, dude. So good. Like,
0: it just, like... And she
2: just says yes.
0: Yeah, dude. So badass. He just is like... <laughs> God fucking damn it, dude. That was... Yep. I got super watery-eyed twice, right? Because when she asked for help and then the... When he starts destroying the room, these are all maps that he could use, by the way, mm-hmm. right. but he doesn't care. That's it's like, no, we're starting
1: with this clean slate. Yeah. Fuck you, Arlong. I'm taking Nami with me, and she's starting over, and we're going to do it the right way this he, time, and it's going to be better than this. He can mm-hmm. see
0: that Nami wants to be free like him, and he's just like, I want that. Plus, I need a navigator, so I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm, yep. plus, I'm gonna bust this up. And
1: we don't want nothing on this ship that's gonna remind her of her time with Yoas. Yeah. yeah. So we getting these maps out of here. We starting the map thing over on the right ship this time. Go fuck yourself. We're out this bitch. Yep.
0: It's it's just like, and it's just is amazing. You know, Arlong wanted yeah. the easy way out. He wanted somebody to do everything for him, so he could yep. just traverse the world without any trouble, without any problems. And that's not how the world works. Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> that Ooh, is just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. And then fucking Sanji and Zoro holding it down while Luffy's fucking underwater. You know? Ooh-hoo. Which yeah. I kind of like, by the way, right? Because Luffy's this really. He's made to be this really powerful character right in the beginning as well. And. Well, at least from where they are. And then. They kind of do a thing where he gets fucked up. And. It follows the rules of the universe, which is one of the rules of the universe is if you are a devil fruit user or you've, you've eaten the devil fruit, you can't be in water or you can't be submerged in water. So it's like yeah. you get fucked up in, whatever. So he was underwater yep. for a while and uh, that sucks. Um, but yeah, that was even just that axe kick, dude. It was just like you, you felt it. Mm-hmm. You felt it on the page. And then. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I felt I feel like i I shook a little bit when I read it. I was like, oh God, who what the fuck was that? Yeah. you know
1: yeah, but and Oda's art back then too it's yeah. it's like like you feel it on the page like because it it literally jumps out of the page, you know what I mean? like it's there's so much more passion and so much more you know time I don't maybe not time, but just like detail spent on like the actual aesthetic vibe of the world and the story whereas like nowadays in more modern you know chapters like after the time skip especially you know it's been 20 plus years that he's been doing this now and he probably wants his to get He still bro. his back and hurts got his wrist hurts doing like, all the backgrounds and shit you know, yeah not, like all type yeah. of shit like that yeah so you know he's it, it's <clears> there's still passion there like it's still his story and he knows how to tell it but oh, yeah. it's just not the same like young hungry Oda anymore exactly. in the shows yeah yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah
0: um beyond that right so i think if you're not hooked by now i really don't know what to tell you uh but i mean i think you should keep going honestly but like um then yeah. you get the logtown arc where they go and Ooh. visit where gold roger was yep. by the way i don't know if i mentioned this but you know like fucking the d in the middle of people's names is like yeah. i always wondered why that was the way it was when before yeah. i before i read anything right Good. and I've always wondered why that was the way it was. And I was just like, We're getting to we're getting to the parts now where we're starting to uncover things about the world. At least I am, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the eight hundreds. And yep. it's yeah. just like, Oh shit.
1: Like <laughs> yeah, the world building is insane by the eight hundreds. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the world building starts around you know, like the real world building for sure, for sure, you know, like undeniable. Like this is where the world starts to get bigger in my opinion, I think, is um, in the Baratier arc when Mihawk shows up. Because before Mihawk shows up, you know, like, the the antagonistic situation was more, like, localized bandits and, like, you know um lower notoriety, notoriety pirates that just so happen to be in the area and whatnot. You know what I mean? And they're going after Don Krieg and the Baratier, but then like so is Mihawk, kind of at the same time. Where Mihawk is in the area because of Don Krieg. And he we know that he is the greatest swordsman in the world and he's been around like more parts of the world than any other antagonist really that we've kind of like seen so far. Well I guess I guess that's not true, but I won't talk about why <laughs> right now. But like, Mihawk was like the first time a character was introduced that let like, you know how big this world really was. Yeah, and he literally you know just I mean?
2: floats up on a fucking coffin ship and slices a big ass galleon in half. Yeah, just it yeah. as fuck. So
1: yeah, wild. and that's when Mihawk starts talking about like you know. I think you get the world map of One Piece for the first time yep. in that you know stretch of storytelling, at least in the manga. I don't. I don't know if they actually show you know the map in the same way that they do in the manga and the anime but like when mihawk pulls out the fucking like tiny knife or whatever and squares up Ooh. with zoro he's talking to he, yeah that's when he starts talking about how all of the you know the seas are are divided by the you know the red line or reverse mountain or whatever and you you literally get that bird's eye view of exactly what the map looks like in one piece i think for the first time then the so, grand line that's like really the where the world gummies. building starts yeah, y'all guppies in the shark tank. For real. Y'all Do not like, get it twisted. Y'all are <laughs> yeah.
2: actual guppies right now. Don't even stare yeah. to me, bro.
1: Yeah, you got a couple W's, you know what I'm saying? Good for you, but we're in the weakest C, first of all. And let me put you on game a little bit. And you're just like, oh no, I need I need more. This is the But again, yeah. <laughs>
2: but again one of the biggest strengths in One Piece then shows itself, you know, the character writing, right? Zoro's moment yeah. where he fucking yeah. is resolved, you know, to die. For his yeah. dream right there. Which in yeah. turn, you know, kind of is the impetus to Mihawk acknowledging that. And he's like, yep. okay, like, I see you. I respect this shit. Yeah. Um, and when he and we obviously get that epic-ass quote, you know, scars on the back are a swordsman's shame. And fucking, yeah. oh, so bad. And he acknowledges it like, and he's like, Yo. okay, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to fell you with the world's strongest blade. And if you survive yeah. this, you know what I'm saying? I'll yeah. catch you on the flip type shit. And fucking, yeah."
1: Bah! Gives them the devastating cleave. And then I think he notices, like, right away that that's not going to be enough to kill him. I don't know if he was, like, legitimately holding back specifically so Zoro wouldn't die when he slashed him. Or if it was like, I'm going to hit you with this shit. And if you live, you're cold and I respect you. I don't remember exactly which one it was. But there's a line of dialogue that Mihawk has where he's like, don't rush to your death too quick, man. You got a lot of potential. I think that's the last thing he says to him before he falls into the ocean. So it makes me think that he specifically didn't cut him in a way that could possibly kill him because he wants to see you know the fruit of that of that ambition and that and he that, made and like a he
2: made another animal metaphor um yeah yeah that's yeah. kind of how i took he, it who's like oh little frog fucking go out into the world i don't know sucks he said something yeah he said something, something. like that yeah
1: he was he was dropping a couple of animal um analogies or whatever in there in their short little stretch of storytelling together which is funny when you get like context later for like why he might be speaking that way (laughs) you know but um but yeah dude like that was awesome and I guess like I don't know if it's like on me to answer this question or whatever but like I've been like thinking about it ever since you asked Eagle as far as like what like our favorite moments were from like romance dawn to to Arlong Park well before I before I answer that question I just want to like I guess preface the the I want to preface it with and uh, so as far as early one piece and people saying that early one piece like isn't good or whatever. I guess I kind of get it considering like the concept is a lot more like niche, I want to say. Like if we're directly comparing it to like the other two inside of the big 3, so like Naruto and Bleach, like conceptually Naruto's like hook is like easy mode like everybody has wanted to be a ninja at some point in their life we all had ninja costumes for halloween at one point you know what i mean before naruto so that's just like easy mode we're all going to be on that right away because it's ninjas and then over on the bleach side of things you have shinigami and big sword main character is also easy mode you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, revolving around the concept of life and death, which everyone thinks about and cares about. So, like, it, it I could see it jumping out and grabbing people easier than a story about literal pirates. And if you weren't that, like, you know, Peter Pan or Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, obsessed kid, you know, which you very well could have been. You know what I mean? Like, like pirates are relatively popular. But as far as, like, a draw for your series, I feel like conceptually Bleach and Naruto reach a wider demographic easier than one piece and then on top of that one piece has like you know the more cartoony or goofy like almost comedy art style and narrative in the beginning you know what i mean and for people who are looking for like edgy badass like power fantasy escapism than like goofy pirate comedy if you weren't already like a fan of pirates in the first place i can see that being a turnoff for, for most people so like i get that but um the best thing about one piece is that the longer the story goes the more context you get for the beginning of the series and it it makes that storytelling feel a lot more stronger you know the farther you get because they're constantly referencing back to the earlier parts of one piece to give you more of an appreciation for the seeds that oda laid in the very beginning so just going back again to me saying if you've caught up in one piece go back and fuck with East Blue Saga at least one more time, especially if you were the kind of person that thought that the early parts of the series were weaker. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. But my favorite parts in the East Blue Saga from Romance Dawn to Arlong Park is probably the Baratia arc because I just rewatched it and Sanji's backstory with Zeph was incredible. The relationship with uh, Gein and Don Krieg was extremely well represented in the early stages, especially when we've seen all of these pirate crews later on in the story and how they operate and what it means to be loyal, what it means to be a leader, how certain shittier pirates as leaders treat their subordinates on their ship versus how Mm. Luffy and other, you know, captains like Shanks and, and Law, you know what I mean? We get a really diverse look at just how good or shitty you know, pirates can be in the world. And then going back to the Baratie with Sanji, when we get his flashback and he meets Zeph for the first time, this is before we have this understanding of how pirates kind of operate in the world of One Piece. And up until that point, even though we know that pirate is like the main job of the story that like all of the main cast is going to belong to, they're still doing a really good job of depicting pirates in a very... um you know kind of dim light like like they 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 look pretty shitty up until the baratier. so then when zeph boards the ship and takes everybody hostage you know everyone hating zeph and not wanting to be associated with him sanji having the you know, the opinion that he does on Zeph in the beginning makes a lot of sense because these guys are effectively terrorists to people that aren't pirates, and nobody's going to like that right away. But then finding out that Zeph and Sanji shared the same dream of finding the all blue and them being stranded on the island together, and there's a huge difference between what happens with Sanji and Zeph in the anime versus what happens with Sanji and Zeph in the manga. And I actually just recently had a side-by-side for it because in the anime, Sanji gets washed off the fucking... Deck and goes into the water and then Zeph still jumps up, kicks the mast in half and then jumps in after him. But in the anime, Zeph loses his leg underwater while trying to save Sanji after he fell off the, the side of the ship when the wave hit it during the storm yep. so like his leg gets like wrapped up in a fucking anchor chain and then like he can't get it out so he fucking rips his leg out like while he's underwater holding his breath and shit and then he saves sanji brings him to the fucking island and then they have their like here's your food here's my food kind of situation but in the manga he just jumps in after him with the mast and then it time skips to when they wash up on the island together. And Zef still has both of his legs. But then when he gives you know, Sanji his food and then goes back to his corner, he actually didn't give himself any food. He keeps all of the treasure and gives everything to eat to Sanji to keep him alive for as long as possible. And then he grabs a rock and bashes his fucking leg in half and then eats his own leg. And that's like the twist reveal at the end of the, yeah. the Castaway yeah. scene, yeah. you know what I mean? You know? And so it's it like the, not only is that just like way better in the manga than it is in the anime. And I understand why they would want to censor that depending on, you know, time slots for when the anime was airing, how many you know like who's gonna see it children just now getting out of school well, we probably shouldn't show him cutting off his leg and eating it. but we can you know kind of you know um, tell the same story in this like lightly censored way. So I understand and I respect that, but like if you are an anime only for like one piece or something like that, definitely go back into the manga and reread, you know, at least the bratier arc, if not all of East Blue.
0: Well, here's what's great about the uh, bratier arc as well, is that every character has a moment there. Um, no, maybe not Usopp so much, but Zoro definitely has a really big moment that plays into right before the time skip later. Um, yeah. Because, like, you know, Mihawk fucking cuts him with the big sword and then goes, don't rush to die. I'm reading it right now because I have all the pages. Yep, I have yep. all the chapters open. But um. Yep, yep. And then they're worried about him. And Luffy's too worried about Zoro to like continue fighting. But then Zoro raises his sword and goes, Hey, can you hear me? And Luffy's like, Oh, thank God, Jesus Christ. Like I thought you were dead. And then he was like, I'm not going to die here. I know if I do, it'll, it'll only embarrass you because I won't be the greatest swordsman, but I'm still alive and I'm never going to lose again. And he goes, is that okay with you captain? And then he goes, yep. Or no, he goes, is that okay with you pirate King? Yeah. And then he goes, Nope. We're good. We're Gucci and it's just like god damn it dude like that moment right yeah, right there that's that's a huge heat. moment. yeah and cold and heat,
2: man the voice so acting there too and the anime was so fire like that's another moment i would recommend watching if you haven't mm-hmm.
3: yet.
2: you know because that it's one of those moments where they kind of put that echoey like resounding effect on the on the end of that and he really kind of drags that that out at the end
3: Mm-hmm. Kaizoku!
2: so the emotion because he's crying, like mm-hmm. yeah. Dang.
0: Which is probably like I think that's like one of the few Goals moments over. you see him cry.
2: Yeah, but for real. Um,
0: beyond that, uh, we have so then we have Log Town, which is kind of an intermediary before. Uh, the translation I read it was Alabasta, but it's I think it's Arabasta, right? Same shit. Yeah. Oda
1: L and R is like interchangeable in yeah, exactly. Japanese. Yeah. Um,
0: but so this is where they enter the Grand Line, and so for you know I, I don't really need to explain what the Grand Line is because I think I, most people who are listening to this right now are One Piece fans, right? So, but I mean, right. you know, it's a fucking. What's crazy about the Grand Line and the design of the world is the Grand Line is its own sea even though it's yep. just one long thing that goes around the whole... It's like a long and skinny sea that goes around the whole earth. It's like an equator. Um, yeah. yeah. But they, you know, you have to get into it a certain way. That was cool, the way they designed that, the reverse mountain. Um, and then fucking... I'm, I'm getting a little watered talking about it, but fucking Uh-oh. Laboon.
1: <laughs> Laboon! God. Yeah.
0: God damn it. And yeah. then this is where you see... Uh, two, two, Baroque works, uh, assassins or spies, yeah. and then you. It starts kind of unraveling stuff. You meet some other. You see some other islands. They talk about the log pose, and they explain the log pose and how that works. And it turns out that the two Baroque works people we met were undercover from the Kingdom of uh, Alabasta, and their fucking kingdom is in ruin because of crocodile crocodile dude and then before that though we get a really cool fucking thing called little garden
1: yeah and
0: (laughs) they had to fight some more baroque works people here which are really strong too you have the fucking one guy with the wax wax fruit and mr three yeah mr three which like which by the way in the in the translations i was reading now i'm reading a different version which is way better but they called it the wax wax fruit. But like there, there's a rule that they're written the way Oda writes it is like it has to be two words and two syllables. So like Luffy's is the Gomu Gomu, and then Ace's is the Mara, Mara or whatever, yeah. right? So like, yeah. but in the in the you know early American Viz translations, or whatever, it was just like you know they just said whatever it was. Um, but anyway, yeah, um, little garden. Has this little story inside of it in which these two giants from the Isle, uh, the El Baff giants, which Ooh. are literally that's what they are, they're just giants. Yeah. Um, and these giants, the way Oda writes them, are you have to understand though, like at, at this point of the, the, the manga, the story, the anime, whatever, yeah. Oda has drawn inspiration from literally multiple cultures. And multiple fairy tales from those cultures. So this is the first time, because we're in the Grand Line now, this is the first time where you really see a taste of that. These giants are clearly... um, Norse. Norse, right? And a a lot of Norse mythology has where their gods are giants, they're titans, right? And so that's kind of where he draws it from. We've already seen at this point some Asian influence, obviously, like Zoro is very, he's very much follows a Bushido like code and Mm -hmm. things like that. But this is the first time we're really getting a big taste of it. And you get these you get this story of these two giants fighting it out for hundreds of years. Like, why are you doing this? Oh, because it's for honor and glory uh, and whatever. And the Baroque works members try and tamper with that to get the fucking straw hat pirates to be dicks and whatever and then the giants like, well we'll use the giants to kill this dry pie it'll be fine and then at the end of when they're leaving little garden when they get when they get past all that shit right yeah Um, they're leaving little garden so but when I, okay so something that Oda does in every little arc is he does a little narration a little story tale narration like I mentioned earlier with Sarah village he does a little yeah. narration of like Oh, this is what happened, right? This is you know, mm-hmm. it, and two unlikely friends and blah blah blah, and they they fought for hundreds of years until it, it sounds like if you're reading a fucking like a those yeah
1: those... like a like a like folklore, and that's what like that's what's like really cool about just the story of One Piece, especially. But I feel like you feel it a lot more in the earlier times where it's like establishing things and setting up the you know the overarching story and whatnot. You have all of these very tight, very thought provoking, very deep like, narrative stretches that feel like he's trying to, you know, like, you can just feel the scale, you can feel the scope, it feels so big, and so imaginative, and, but so, like, perfect, too, yeah. like, at the same time, it's, it's like, um, you know, like, Lord of the Rings, J.R. Tolkien, you know, wanted to do that series, because he wanted, you know, um, folklore and mythology for his particular part of the UK because there wasn't really any, like, you know, Norse or Egyptian or Greek-style, you know, mythos or or folklore for, like, wherever, like, Britain, like, that area of the UK that he was in. So he was like, I'll do that. I'll make one for us. You know what I mean? And so he did Lord of the Rings. And and One Piece kind of feels like that same kind of scale coming from Eiichiro Oda and wants to do, like, modern you know, like, fictional, you know, myth myth, and, and folklore-based, like, storytelling to leave, like, that kind of Tolkien-esque imprint, yep. you know, in the world of fiction yep. for, like, simil- almost similar reasons it yep. feels like, you know what I mean?
0: And he does that narration again post-time skip at the end of Dress Rosa, but it's not yeah. as much as this, where this is more so fantastical and fairy-like, where the narration at the end of Dress Rosa is kind of more, like, a moral. Um, yeah. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. But so that part, like, put a pin in that, right? The fucking giants of Albath in Little Garden. Mm-hmm. Then we get to mm-hmm. Alabasta, and then this is the first time where we see a theme here of somebody sneaking their way into a position of power and abusing it for their own whatever fucking wants, yep. right? Yep. And then we start seeing how the world government kind of operates here. We start seeing that uh, that somebody that the you know because th- he's part of the um, the seven warlords, right? And which is under the which is under the the watch of the marines.
1: Yes. Yeah, Government sanctioned piracy. Yeah. yeah.
0: Government sanctioned piracy, and this guy is using that position of power given to him by the world government to overthrow this kingdom. Get them to kill each other, and then use the power underneath the castle, which he he finds out he can't use anyway because he's an idiot. Uh, but, like, <laughs> and then just fucking. This is the first time you see. It's like okay, all right, I see what's going on here. So you're telling me that the pirates are the good
2: guys? You know what I mean? It's like yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and and you really and, do get a good idea of like the scope of like the world, like the world building really starts to explode in. Alabasta because not only do you get the world government shit and you get an idea of how that operates at the end where they cover the whole thing up and um, make it look like Smoker was the one who fucking took care of it all.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: But you also get Robin. You also get the fucking first poneglyph that we see, right? Yeah. We also fucking learn about Pluton, right? Yeah. And so it's like you start to get these hints about like, oh, what the fuck is an ancient weapon? What the fuck is this hieroglyphic fucking cube that she's reading? Like, yo, this shit is like way deeper than I thought it was. Yeah, way way yep. deeper. And like this government, like they got the cover up situation going. And I believe you. That's when you start hearing about the Void Sentry as well. And so you're like, this cover up goes back eight hundred years. What, what the, the fuck? fuck is
0: going on? What the fuck is <laughs> the Void Sentry? And yeah. and something that I kind of skipped over too. I shouldn't. I totally forgot. But right before the Alabaster arc, the Drum Island arc, where they get Tony Tony, best boy. Oh, yeah. Um, a fucking reindeer who ate the human, human fruit. Yes. It wasn't some guy who turned into a deer. It was a deer who turned into a fucking deer. Tony Tony yeah. Choppa. Tony Tony. Yeah. Best boy, dude. Fuck you, dude. Fucking Tony Tony is my best boy. Best doctor
2: in One Piece. Prove me best
0: wrong. Best doctor, dude. And, well, and it's funny, too, because that little red carpet interview of uh, Jamie Lee Curtis came out and she was like she was like oh i'm a big fan of one piece or whatever and they're like oh the live action netflix is coming really yeah so like she was on the red carpet for some movie or show i don't remember what it was and they were like oh what do you what do you do in your downtime or whatever or something and she she mentioned one, watching one piece with her daughter and she was like they were like oh like what do you like in one piece the per cuz the person who was interviewing knew what she was talking about And Mm -hmm. she was like, oh, I love uh, this character and this character. And they're like, oh, well, the live action's coming out. Do you want to play? You should be this in the live action. And she's like, oh, no, I'm way too old to play that character. But you know who I'd love? I'd love to play Kareha.
1: Oh, wow. And now I
0: just can't unsee Kareha. I can't see
1: yeah. created
0: without thinking of Jamie Lee Curtis.
1: But, no, I need Dr. Kureha, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis now. That's, like, so good, actually. Fucking
0: Tony Tony's uh, mentor, you know, or mentor yeah. after, you know. Uh, he did look. Yeah. And yeah. so th- the reason I bring up Drum Island real quick is not only because it's Tony Tony Best Boy, but also it's the first time that the will of D is acknowledged. Yes. Yeah, Monkey D. Luffy and...
1: Yeah, that's when Kuraha's like, looking up at the moon and was like, I can't believe this is happening right now. This is that will D shit yep. or whatever. Monkey yeah. D. Dragon. When's the last time this moon was like this or whatever? something like that?
0: Yep. Gold D. Roger and Porkus yep. D. Ace, which his last name is he changed it because he didn't want.
1: Don't forget yep. about Jaguar D. Saul, too. Yep. Yeah.
0: yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So that is, like, that's important, right? So, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, to what Eagle was saying, like, the the, the – you're finding out all this stuff this world is like okay no we're we're really this world building is happening is happening right now and it's way bigger than than just pirates sailing the seas this is this is fucking the the fucking feds on a cover up bullshit you have the seven Warlords of the sea which is the government sanctioned bull crap happening and and you have pirates and you have almost kind of different factions of pirates and they each have similar goals but different yeah and it's just like you kind of are almost afraid to begin liking a character because you don't know if like they're gonna be something you can get behind or not you know what i mean yeah Yeah. i love that because it's making me it's making me uh anxious you know and it's just like um
1: that's how you do stakes right like, yeah i always we yeah. always talk about like stakes in like fictional storytelling and and i'm of the mind that believes that you know real stakes that you can feel in a story is a com is a combination of uncertainty tension and legitimate worry for the well-being of the characters that you care about you know what i mean and if you don't have those things then it's just going to feel like okay here's the next threat and all of our people are going to deal with it and there aren't going to be like you know world expanding ramifications or consequences it's just going to be you know the gang made it through and now we're resetting and ready to go for the next arc and whatnot and that is fine or whatever there's nothing inherently wrong with that if you're not trying to build a world on the scale of One Piece but what makes One Piece's world feel so living and breathing Is the fact that there are so many characters that you get, you know, kind of focused on and they have so much agency, they have so much dimensionality to them because you get to know like what all of their motivations are, who they are in alliances with, who they don't really like. Maybe they were in an alliance with someone else before and they broke up for, you know, one reason or another. All of that stuff gets explored so often in one piece that before you know it, you have all of these cogs, you know, and all of these wheels turning for this overarching plot with so many variables and so many, you know, different perspectives that you legitimately care about because... It's also interesting following those side characters and their ambitions and their progress towards the same goal. So now it feels like you're in the world and a part of the journey to go find One Piece. And who is going to get it first? What are they going to accomplish on their way there if they do fail? And how will that affect the overarching plot or the main cast of characters that we're following? And that uncertainty of not knowing what's going to happen next but knowing that anything could be interesting is what makes the world feel alive in One Piece. Yes, Yes. And that's where the stakes come from, yes. in my opinion.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, well, even, even, and I'll tell you this, right? Like, when I've seen I've seen the craft of characters a few times, you know, just uh, chilling on social media and on the internet, you know? I've seen, yeah, and I didn't realize who Nico Robin was when, when she first came on, when she debuted her in her chapter, right? Or in the in yeah. Alabasta arc. I, I was like, oh. That girl looks familiar, but I don't know who that is. But she looks important because she's like the right hand dude of this of uh, the guy and whatever. And then at the end, she's like, "Hey, let me come with." And it's like, "Oh shit! Okay, that's that's this character. Okay, cool, Sweet, sick. I I love her. She's amazing, and she's really hot. So like, um, yeah. But like, it, that's one of my favorite moments. By the way, is um. Luffy does this thing, because Luffy's also an idiot. As much as we love him and amazing he is, right. he's also right. a, a goober. And so, like, Zoro and Usopp are like, I don't trust her, dude, fuck her, right? And Sanji, of course, is being Sanji. He's all like, oh, so beautiful, Nico. And then uh, she does her, so her fruit power, you know, she does it with the hands. She can make limbs come out of stuff. And Ooh. she puts him coming out of Luffy's hat. And then Luffy goes, "Look, I'm Chopper." And then he like, <laughs> right away, Usopp starts laughing, and Zoro goes, "God, never mind."
1: <laughs> like, <it's just> like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> foo, foo, foo,
0: foo. And he like, he's like Sanji impression. Hey, who ate all the meat? Oh <laughs> man,
1: all the impressions are so good between Luffy and and Usopp. When they're like in jail, like at the uh, at rain dinners or whatever yeah. the the casino that 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 crocodile runs or whatever, they're literally in jail, like bored passing the time doing impressions of crocodile and other crew members. Hey, who it's back the and beat. forth. Yeah. Look. So
0: good. Zora impression. Huh? Morning yeah. already, huh?
1: Yeah. And then the Sanji impression is just like bangs over the eye with like two fingers up, pantomiming, like smoking a cigarette. It's like, oh, and man. Usopp's it's just so cracking
3: good. up. He's fucking funny.
1: Dude. Yeah. I love it. And, no, oh. because like, Usopp's got the full body cast on or whatever, and and he, like, grabs, like, a golden hook. I don't even remember where he got it. I think it's just his finger poking out of the... <laughs> I think he just hooked his finger poking out of the arm cast, but he's like, I'm Crocodile. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> <And> he, like... <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh,
1: and I'm man. like, yo.
0: The comedy in this, like, in One Piece, by the way, is hilarious. It's just, like... Yeah. It's because each character is so silly, yeah, like but. you. They, I, I, don't know how Oda does it, but like he, he has made a really badass group of characters. Yeah, and they're so badass. They're fucking. They have so many badass moments, but they equally yes. have as many goofy ass <laughs> moments. Yeah. Even Nico, you never see the comedy face on Nico's
1: face really ever. It all comes from her dialogue. It all comes. Just get like super emo and dark and macabre suddenly. Yeah. Whoa.
0: They're like. They're like. Oh, I wonder where Nami is. You know, I hope she's okay. And then Nico will just be like, Yeah, I wonder if on her way up here she might have got torn limb from limb by some sea sharks.
1: And they're just like, (laughs) And everyone's (laughs) like, Yo, chill. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And like that's like always like a good balance when you have like when you when you when you perfectly capture that like badass side of these characters and then you kind of like oppose that with you know, they're really silly, like, personal moments, mm-hmm. it makes them feel, I don't know, that much more alive, right? Because nobody is just, like, one note, like, one dimensional no. in personality and action. No. You know what I mean? Like, just because you're a serious, you know, character yeah. at, at face value doesn't mean that you always have to be serious because no one is like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when you have that... um When you have that, you know, both sides of the spectrum represented so well, it makes it feel a lot better. Plus, like, it's genuinely funny comedy. Like, Oda is not just, like, trying to think of funny things to put in his comic because it's been a while since there was a comedy scene. Like, the dude is just probably, like, legitimately funny as hell in real life. (laughs) Right. And he's just, like, probably, like, modeling these characters after people that he actually knows, like, doing things that, like, real living people would actually do in certain situations of comedy. So it feels that much more organic and real. And like that's what matters more than whether or not the scene was actually funny to you. Like is it organic? Yeah. Is it does it feel injected or ham fisted for the sake of we we need some comedy here? Or is it like actually organically, you know, a rising comedy like for the moment? And like that's usually what it is in one piece. Yep, yep. Yeah.
0: And I yeah, so I do want to skip a little bit here. There's the Jaya Arc and the Skypia Arc. Yeah. And I love those arcs. I think they're really yeah. sweet, especially cuz Mon- mm-hmm. Montblanc Nolan is a kind of a uh, uh an important name here because he discovered that right. there was an island in the sky.
1: Yeah. That's the that's the that's the storytelling that like really goes back to that point I was making before about how Oda feels like he's trying to like create a modern, yes. you know, folktale mythos for, you know, his current area of like fiction that he operates inside of you know what I mean like that's like you look back at things like that and that's his imprint on you know like that subject for you know his story of One Piece you yeah. know what I mean like it's that kind of storytelling that makes it feel like it's like actual like Norse you know or, or Greek or like Egyptian you know myth storytelling you know what i mean like with the dorian Brogy stuff the mont Blanc, norland stuff it, it's like this could be like taken out of a page of like it sounds like a zeus adventure you know what i mean or an apollo adventure you know what i mean or oh, something di- like or that.
0: odysseus or the odyssey or, or something yeah
1: yeah the iliad yeah. and the odyssey yeah. like type shit yeah exactly it's just like perfectly narratively sound from start to finish it's a whole story with a theme and a message and like everything and like it's really thought-provoking and deep and you walk away like actually questioning things about your real life when you consume the story and, like, that's what folklore and, like, myth is supposed to do.
0: Yeah, and I do want to mention one thing. I don't want to just glaze over this fact because I think it's very important. But when they finally discover the secret behind Skypia and how it was, like, indigenous people's land that from when it was down below and mm-hmm. just because it got knocked up there and the Skypia people just kind of took it over and it was just kind yeah. of like, oh, shh, okay, so Oda's, like, First, you were talking shit about the feds. Now we're talking shit about colonizers. you like, let's, yeah, let's yeah. fucking go, you know? But, right. like, um, l- let me just ask you all this, and we can start with Eagle. What uh, – and I think this is, like, the first time you see, like – oh, no, this is not, right? No, we don't see that until uh, Water 7. Or, yeah, never mind. But, um, yeah, so what, what was your favorite part about, let's say, from – uh, I was gonna say Skypiea, I guess the Sky Island. What was your favorite part about Jaya to Sky Island? Because I think one my favorite part of it is the fact that Luffy fought somebody who was technically a god and kicked his ass. Uh, but like you know, <laughs> I also really like um the backstory between that and how they had all this. It was like a city of gold, right? There was like they kind of were like these indigenous yep. Incan people almost, and then yeah. Nico reads the the poneglyph thing that they have and that's when you kind of realize oh shh here's another one dude holy fuck you know and um
2: and we get the inscription from roger there as well yep which was insane um you know obviously yeah luffy beating nl was was huge um i think probably one of the strongest parts of the of the skypea arc to me jaya skypea is is the is the like Norland and Kagura flashback you know oh god just the exposition mm-hmm. into the past of the island and the dynamic between those two and just the sad tale of of Norland man and um yeah and also this is again where like the world building explodes in in one piece like the island in the sky the knock up stream like the fucking Skypeans. um this is the first no we saw smoker before this i was going to say this is for this is the first like logia fruit that we see but it's the obviously Mm -hmm. the most formidable to this point yeah um yeah
1: i think it's what uh it's smoker ace and then Inel. those are the three that we have by the time yeah they're like elements yeah yeah yep yep yep
2: but yeah i think um Yeah, I don't know, the strongest the strongest part of Skypea as a whole to me was like the whimsy, right? Because Mm. it is an entirely different feel, like you guys said, like where it goes from that okay, there's a story about pirates and they're sailing around and there's some corruption going on. And then it really goes to this like, holy fuck, we're flying up into the sky (laughs) for real on a fucking stream that comes out of the ocean for what reason, who fucking knows? And we're really getting to explore like these islands in the clouds and it really made the world three-dimensional in a way where you really started believing like when they're talking about I believe there was you know rumors and hints about Fishman Island to that point and you, you're like okay man damn we're about to go into the sea like we could maybe potentially go into space like it's it just opens it up in your mind in a limitless way when you go up into the sky for real
0: yep. yeah yeah and around that knock-up stream, you see those titans, or what they think are titans. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that it's just, like, people from above, with, but having their shadows casted. And then after Luffy beats Enel, he was like, okay, I'm gonna do this for, for Nolan. Uh, because his, his like, descendant is at the other part of the Jaya Island below. And, oh god, did I cry right there, for real. Yeah, um. when
2: he rang the bell.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And here's the great part about that, though. And here's why Oda's fucking crazy. Because the knock-up stream, just like Eagle said, is like this really fantastical thing that shoots them up on a sky island, right? The sky island is is fantastical on its own. But Oda later, like when they're doing the exposition stuff, he explains scientifically how the knock-up stream works. And it's like, okay, so that wasn't just some, like, force of nature random right. fantasy thing it was like a real thing where there's uh, a underwater cave way deep down below and gas builds up so much that five times a month this thing bursts it's like a fucking underwater volcano that's so hard that yep, it shoots yeah. a b- oh my god what
3: what?
1: Yeah, makes perfect sense. It does. Even Pseudo in science. such, even Pseudo in science
2: is always so strong in one piece. Yeah, dude. Right,
1: and like that's the kind of stuff that just narratively makes it feel like a puzzle. You know what I mean? It's like you have all of the elements coming together and working together. It's like the the gas builds up on her and it shoots you. The knock up stream shoots you up to the area that you can't get to by any normal means. Like it all just feels so perfect as far as like a folklore story yeah <laughs> it's literally got like everything like if you go back and look at any you know known folk ta- folklore folktale things yeah like and you break it down as far as like elements that are in the story like you can find a lot of overlap between one piece concentrated folklore storytelling like Nolan and Skypea, and then you can just you know apply it to like any known folklore story and it like will yep. feel very similar on a side by side
0: yeah Yep. So, these next few parts, I kind of want to, and I don't want to super skip, like, if we could just kind of talk about it like we talked about the Skypew one, but, you know, we have yeah. the Long Ring Long Land arc with the Davy backfight, fight, which is hilarious. Yep. Yeah. Um, And I had to ask some friends about this, because I didn't quite understand. Well, I I did understand, but I just wanted to confirm that that's what Usopp meant when he said it. Um, But, the, you know, they have to box... Um, Luffy has to box this other guy in a thing called the Davy Back fight. And he makes him put on this afro.
1: (laughs) Afro Luffy.
0: He's like, Usopp, the translation I read, Usopp was like, dude, it's the power of blacks. It's the power of black people. And I'm like, no, he does not mean
1: that for real. (laughs) I was like, he doesn't
0: mean that for real. And then (laughs) I had to ask another friend who is a black friend, by the way. That sounds really bad the way I say it.
1: But he's a, no, I got I got black friends. I got a black friend. <laughs> but he's a big
0: One Piece fan, and he was like, no, that's what he meant. I was like, oh, my yeah. God.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's not like the first time that, like, a Japanese writer has, like, said that, like, being black is a superpower. Like, you look at, like, One Punch Man with uh, that, like, super big, swole, bald, black dude. Right,
0: right. <laughs> or
1: whatever his name is. I can't even remember what his name is off the top of my head right now. Hold on. Super swole. <laughs> Black super
2: black. Oh, you're talking One about you're talking wind. about um no you're talking about super, super alloy dark shine yeah. yeah
1: super alloy dark shine like the dude was like a regular japanese guy and He's then you know be and then became super alloy dark shine and i remember the memes on twitter it was like so wait a minute his superpower is just being black all right, we'll take that. Being black is a superpower. Fuck it, let's go, Japan. When, <laughs> I, thought it was that,
2: I thought it was that he got like super incredibly tan, like that's why he's dark like that. But the, he's just something kind of like fun. that.
1: It, it was some awkward, uh, you know, explanation yeah. for it or whatever. But he's not a black man. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. a <laughs> Japanese dude that now looks like this and with the lips and everything. And it's just like okay. <laughs> well,
0: then he then he reminded me too that Usap is half black, and I kind of didn't know mm. that. And then. He was also like, well, technically, it's kind of a good stereotype because uh, you know black people are better athletes, and I was like, okay, there we go. I'm not gonna say anything, but that's pretty funny. <laughs> um, yeah. So then you can it's agree. On in one yeah.
2: <laughs> piece. Uh, it's, it's played on in one piece too, like you know yeah. Alabasta, like you know because of the kind of interchangeable nature be between R's and L's in the Japanese language, like you could really say like that's that's Arabasta, and all the people in Alabasta look like they live in an arab culture in the middle east so it's right not, okay. Right, right
1: okay yeah.
2: what are we doing here arabasta yep, yep. what are we talking about Oda?
1: yeah what do you, what do you mean by that <laughs>
2: yeah what do you mean you people like, i never yeah i never like thought you about, you about it like
1: that i've never like had a con- conversation about you know the difference in the the, the arab or the alab yeah. you know pronunciation of that or whatever but that makes perfect that
0: sense. makes a lot of, of sense yeah yeah
2: but um, yeah, especially and <laughs> you know especially since Sam earlier said that in the translation she saw it as um, Arabasta.
0: Yeah, you know, Arabasta. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So we have the Davy Back fight, and then they win the Davy Back fight, and um, then we get to Water Seven, which we discover is this really awesome island in which it's kind of like this neutral town of people where ships are built. It doesn't matter if it's for a pirate or for a marine or whatever. They just build ships, and they build them so well that they're just fucking amazing. And this is where you meet Frankie for the first time. Super, by the way. Mm -hmm. Super. And we learn about uh, a group called CP9. Yeah. The fucking feds, bro.
1: Yeah. And The government-sanctioned... Tuxedo wearing assassination group of martial artists.
0: <laughs> yeah. They don't exist, right? And like yeah. we get that moment where they take a look at the sh- they take a look at the Mary, okay? And that is the name of the ship, by the way. Obviously yep. you know that. You're listening to Going the Mary. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it's like damaged and Usopp doesn't want to let it go, and then we have that big moment, and then he becomes Soga King and whatever yeah. later on, and it's really funny. Um that whole thing was crazy, right? Because then they start revealing a bunch of stuff. Like, this is where you find out that fucking there's a lot of, there's more of these weapons that uh, Eagle mentioned earlier, right? Yep. There's more of these ancient weapons, and one of them was built by the people at Water 7, and the main uh, guy, the Galilash Shipbuilding Company. Uh, or not mm-hmm. no not sorry. Uh, Tom's 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 Friends or Friends of I forgot the name of that.
1: The one where Uh Frankie's it's the Layla, isn't it? There's yeah, there's it's the Layla group with like, you know, Polly and the motherfucker that looked like Freddie Mercury. That's and, the main
0: one, but like the yeah. the one that Frankie and and the other guy were mentoring under
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Son, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Doom, doom, doom. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: And so then Frankie kind of starts up with this bad guy at first. You don't really know. And then it turns out that like you find out what CP nine is there for. um, And then to do all this stuff. And they're like, you know what? We got to stop this. We can't, we can't do this. And so they capture Nico Robin because Nico Robin is like one of the only people left around the world who can read the poneglyphs. Yep. And they want to take the power of these ancient weapons and use it for their own fucking whatever the fucks. Yeah. And it's like okay yeah the feds would fucking do that fucking bastards dude. For sure
1: for sure. And
0: then you then they reveal to you that they have this thing called the Buster call. Mm-mm-mm. And I'm like okay now Oda's being for real for real. Like this is the way the way he is heavily criticizing the government here. And was just amazing. Okay? And the Buster call this thing that nukes a whole can nuke a whole island. Yeah. No. I'm just going to say it right now. I don't fucking care. I'm going to get political. I don't give a fuck.
1: No. Fuck it.
0: No entity, city, culture, town, country, or whatever. Government should have that power. If Agreed. If a government has that power and they use that power to manipulate you that government should fall and it should not stand yeah 100% yeah and they
1: are cuz rev- it's like you just look like children it's like it's like okay nukes come out and then one country's like they have nukes we need nukes so then they get their own nukes and then each country kind of starts doing that And then now all of a sudden the ones with nukes are like, well, we got to be the one with the most nukes now. And then before you know it, all of a sudden you have way more nukes than you'll ever fucking need. And each country has like a thousand or something. But even if they shot off like one percent, it would still be enough to like completely destroy the planet. And so now it's like you're just fucking like child, you know, powerful child billionaires with their finger hovering over a button for the sake of like dick measuring pride against like other countries and it's like dude like you're this is overkill this is op like you don't need all of this like now we're just like all kind of like sitting here like with our fingers crossed like biting our nails like hoping one side doesn't get pissed off enough to press that button and it's just scary for everybody yeah and pointless
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah and once once one side presses the button then everybody's gonna launch their shit and then the world's over. Mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. it yeah that's for, what?
1: It. for what for what
2: yeah <laughs> it's a, it i i punch I punch Eagle,
0: I tell Eagle that it was Noxy. he punches Noxy, and then yep. he tells, well, it was, Sam told me that you fucking did it and then Noxy punches me. It's then yep. then what? You know what I mean? So yeah, like Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: That 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 country, that culture, that government should not stand. It should be questioned, challenged and overthrown. You cannot yep. have that. And that is exactly what Oda is saying right here when they take so they take Nico Robin to Enos Lobby, which is the place where you will get thrown uh, into the doors of judgment and they're going to take her away and execute her, basically. And of course, Luffy's like, no. Because, like, it doesn't matter what she did to Luffy. Luffy, half the time, doesn't care what you did. He only cares what you're doing. And what what Nico was doing at the time was being his comrade, was being his crew member, was helping Mm -hmm. them beat Enel helping him beat uh in the Davy back fight in Jaya and whatever and mm-hmm. helping him beat crocodile kind of in a way um, but like that's all that fucking oh and I forgot to mention Bon Clay the best fucking character Bonclay. Clay oh, uh, anyway yeah, yeah. we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit cuz Bon you know Jim Carrey
1: fucking Jim Carrey uh inspired design
0: that's fucking dope. I love it. Fuck. Mm-hmm.
1: Every- you, you ain't seen the uh, the side by side of all of the celebrities that are based. You know that characters are based on in one piece. I have not. No. Let me it's send sad. that over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's <laughs> yeah
0: dude. Every time I see Bon Clay, I was always like, "A hey, Bon Clay," and I did a little. Song. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> um,
0: but freaking that 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 whole that whole part from from Water Seven to um to Enos Lobby was just like, okay, this is fucked up and it has to be, it has to be put down. Right. And this is another moment where people tell you, man, this fucking moment right here.
1: Yeah. This, the arc
0: Nico is willing to like die because she's just like, I, this is the only way I could achieve my dream of reading the history of the world because whatever reason. Right. And, uh, fucking, uh, they go and rescue her, and she's like, just let me die. Fuck you guys. And Luffy's yeah. like, tell me what you want. Because I know that's not what it is. We're here to rescue yeah. you. Just say you want to live. And she breaks down crying and's like, I want to live. And then fucking... And Usap is still Soga King at this point, by the way. He's, oh, yeah. He doesn't want to say it's him.
2: King
1: Yeah, he yeah. doesn't
2: want to say it's him because... Yeah.
0: Yes. But, oh, God, I have to look at this later. Oh, fucking Eminem. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Dude, Joey Jordan.
0: Joey George.
1: (laughs) There's actually two Jim Carrey references. You have Jim Carrey, uh, you know, as Ace Ventura representing Frankie's uh, character. Um, And then you have, you know, him as like basically his regular self representing Bon Clay's character design. Yeah. Or whatever. Or maybe it was him from a different movie or something. Maybe Dumb and Dumber. I think it was actually. Um. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber next to Bonclay Clay, and then Jim Carrey as Ace Ventura next for to for Frankie. Uh, for Frankie, and they both have the same voice actor, by the way. Hilarious. What the fuck
2: does this have fucking Killer as Daft Punk? Yeah. 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 What the fuck?
3: <laughs> <you>? <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. you
1: know, That's fucking yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because Django, the hypnotist um, from Syrup Village, originally, because of his moonwalking, I thought was a Michael Jackson reference. But I find out it's Mick Jagger, and it's like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. They just had a moonwalking. So I was like, oh, that's Michael Jackson. But then Michael Jackson comes back later as a reference in somewhere that you might not actually be at yet oh wait no 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 you no, definitely have I'm seen fishman island i'm past yeah, it, yeah so hody jones you know was was <laughs> actually michael jackson and i'm just like oh my god they're so bogus for that <laughs> <it's spot laughs> right, on yeah right. yeah uh, that's, anyway
0: that's actually messed up <laughs> yeah, yeah, my
2: god. yeah
1: yeah yeah but um, oh wow george clooney iceberg okay sorry continue fucking hulk hogan
2: his <laughs> white beard dude i see that
1: shit.
2: yeah <laughs> yeah is that um, Lawrence fishburn as fucking mr five
1: uh no that's Lenny Kravitz actually. Okay. And then oh my god there's Stevie Ray Vaughan as Ace. I never even knew that. Oh my god. That's
2: actually sick.
1: That's so good. It's actually we could be, be on this for literally ever.
0: Yeah, so. I got to I got to post that image in the in the description. Yeah. But um yeah. yeah dude and so uh they rescue Nico and the greatest one of the greatest moments one of my favorite moments ever happens. And the guy, the head of Cyper Poll that CP9 is like, you see that government flag that represents all the justice in the world and represents your downfall and represents that we control the world and that we're going to do this. and I have the buster call and blah blah blah. And then fandoms
1: goof ass.
0: And then Luffy's just like, <laughs> oh, okay, Soga King, shoot that flag down.
1: Yeah, and then wh- yep. he
0: doesn't even question, he goes, okay, and just Roger, burn. Roger,
3: no he question say me okay. yeah, you said you
1: okay, you yeah. okay, yeah and, yeah, and I, re- so and I
0: repeat. Right there, he declares he declares war against the world government, and I repeat, that government should not stand. It should be questioned, challenged, and overthrown, just like yeah. that. Yeah. And
1: one hundred percent. And that was super tight with Usopp, too, because like that was the first time he really got to flex. You know, while not being unsure and like scared of himself, because when he's Usopp you know the fucking cats out of the bag you know everyone can like see you know him for who he really is and he's this timid scared shy guy and everyone knows that he's like that but when he puts the soga king mask on he could be a different person and his true nature can kind of come out because he's hiding behind that mask and that's when you get his sniper skills by shooting down the flag and then they're like hey shoot that guy who shot down the flag and they're shooting with fucking rifles from across the fucking bridge to the judiciary tower that he's standing on top of and their bullets can't even reach him because he's that far away way bullets from a rifle cannot reach him because he has that much distance on him but he's still hitting them with his slingshot rounds that are coming entirely from arm strength no combustion no gun no rifle just swole usopp shooting fucking bullets from that far away that bullets can't even reach and that was just like one of my favorite moments of the entire arc so good so Mm -hmm. good
0: the amount of when they were running across the bridge right yeah yeah badass And so that arc, I think, is very important. And then we get the Thriller Bark, right? Okay, now we're fighting more Warlords of the Sea here. Fucking Gecko Moria, right?
1: Spooky Island.
0: And this is where we get to meet Brooke, probably one of my favorite characters, Skullface Johnson. Let's
3: go. Yes, yeah.
1: Skullface Johnson and Oda with the fucking Hail Mary callback to Laboon with fucking Brooke was insane. So
0: these callbacks right here, dude. Okay, let me tell you, because I just I forget I fucking skipped this part too. When they were yeah. raiding Enos Lobby and there were two giants guarding the door. Yeah. And they were like, Well, we're only doing this until uh the two our two uh, fucking captains come back from fighting each other. And they're like, yeah. dude, they stopped fighting each other already. They're still yeah, alive. Be Dory and Brogy.
1: Oh yeah, we just seen yeah. them. And they yeah.
0: they were like, <laughs> it was to be like, yeah, dude, they didn't fucking tell you. And then yeah. they were like, fucking liars, these bitches, fucking yeah. government lied to us. So then they yep. they joined the you know the Straw Hat side, and then they're like, okay, fuck it, we're fighting for the Straw Hats now. Fuck you guys, like, and it's the callback, dude.
1: Yeah, so that good. was
0: fucking hundreds of chapters ago.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: And then you have Thriller Bark, and you meet Brooke, and Brooke was like, the thing about Laboon waiting for his, his, his pirate crew to come back, and Brooke yeah. was the captain of that crew! And it was just like. Such a
1: significant plot point. Like, think of the discipline and the self control you have to have as a writer that knows that that's a banger reveal and plot point and to hold it down for hundreds and hundreds of chapters. He does this regularly and casually. And I just have so much respect for a writer like that who knows that they're sitting on solid gold but can still wait for the absolutely pristine, perfectly built up moment to give you that payoff.
0: You yeah. know, you know. There's some manga out there, some stories out there, even video games, all right? Where they have multiple games, multiple volumes, multiple chapters, multiple seasons of anime.
1: Yeah.
0: Or even television, where it's just like, okay, they're making this up as they go. Yeah. Not Oda.
2: Nope. Yeah, I've never gotten that feeling. Ever.
0: No, I. He had this shit written when I was, you know, playing Mega Man X on my Super Nintendo. Okay? Like I just like th- th- yeah. th- it was it was already it like don't cite the deep magic to me witch. I was there <laughs> when it was written. <laughs> like,
3: yeah, for <laughs> real. Right.
0: But then so. um through bark, I will say this, let me ask you your favorite part. So I'll tell you my favorite. My favorite part is these little ghosts that that this one girl weaponizes and when they yeah. go through you you get really depressed.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Fucking she sends these ghosts It's like and Zoro's like Okay, well if you want to be a bitch about, I'll fucking kick your ass. And then the ghost goes through Zoro, and he's like it just cuts over and he's like on the floor and he's like, I wanna die. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe this best swordsman in the world shit is not the move. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. But yeah, what was your
0: favorite part of Thriller Bark? Just Thriller Bark in general, I just wanna know.
1: Before we Uh go ahead, Eagle.
2: My favorite part of Thriller Bark honestly was probably um the showing of teamwork that we get to see at the end, you know, because that's, I feel like that's the first real time we get to see the Straw Hats working as a team to that degree. Yeah. Um, when they take down oars like that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so that was, that was really nice to see because normally, you know, and I mean, it, it's, it's rings true in this arc as well. Yeah. You know, some people do get it kind of individual fights, but really the main focus is on oars. Yeah, and, and, the, teamwork has, and, and the teamwork that they used to take him down. And the teamwork it, that it did take to take him down, like you said. Yeah. The
1: giant stone pillar nunchucks on Zoro's swords, like, this burned into my fucking memory. It's, like, so cold-blooded. <laughs> I just remembered that, like, right now. Like, where... I think it was Frankie... Who, like broke the pillars apart and then i can't remember how they like connected into nunchucks or whatever but i have this memory of zorro with his sword sticking out of one of these giant stone pillars just swinging the fucking giant nunchucks around from the sword and i'm just like god that's so cool
0: <laughs> right right yeah um so would you say that's your favorite part, Nox?
1: <laughs> oh no 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 no! My favorite part, my favorite part is the end of the arc when Kuma shows up, right? Oh because Barth, yeah Bartholomew Kuma. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because like it was, it's so crazy because like I can't remember, you know how I and it's kind of become, it's kind of become a trend in One Piece storytelling almost. I feel like we have multiple examples of we beat the whole shit, like we all had our individual fights. Luffy beat the big bad. We're all exhausted. And then a new threat shows up that's, like, stronger than the previous one. It's like, what are you going to do now? And this was, like, the first, like, really crazy example of that. Because it's like, yes, we beat Moria. We knocked the ghost out of him. Um, you know, Or's Luffy, you know, is no more. This Luffy got his soul back. Every, everything is chilling. We, we, we beat the bad guy. It's done. It's time to party, right? And then Kuma pulls up, and we know that he's affiliated with, like, a higher-level government branch, so that's already stressful and crazy. And on top of that, his ability is wildly broken, and nobody can deal with it. Plus, even if they could, they're at, like, 15% HP or less. You know what I mean? So it, it just created this, like, overwhelming anxiety and tension in the moment because he's literally just walking through just laying out everybody who's still conscious after the Moria fight. And then he hits the Ursus shock and literally makes everybody else unconscious. And then just casually walks over to grab Luffy. And it's like, oh my God, he just low-diffed the whole squad. And now he's about to bounce. And then Zoro hits him with the Shishi Sansan. Boom, I'm still awake, bitch. Don't touch my captain. And like that whole moment was just like, I don't know. I, I just never felt the scale of like just how big the world of one piece was until that moment because i i was just assuming that it was going to follow the regular shonen storytelling structure of get to the island or get to the new location find out who the bad guy is have a couple of fights and then beat him at the end and it's like that's what they did i thought we were in the clear and then it's like no there's like a deeper level to this narrative and there's an actual other message that we're trying to get across to you and that's like loyalty in times of great despair mm-hmm. and zorro putting his life on the line the way that he did and not even allowing sanji you know to to share that burden with him was just some of the deepest most impactful writing that i had felt in one piece at that point
0: and sanji's like the only other person that knows that that happened right, right? yeah it's right.
1: like no brook saw it too oh that's right that's yeah. right mm-hmm.
0: he's like what happened nothing
1: mm-hmm. nothing
0: happened and um yeah yeah, dude. Uh, so good. I forgot to mention probably my favorite comedic part, which happens right when Frankie joins. Um, they have the 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 Sunny now, the Sunny ship. Yep, yep. And so they're going to they're out just like right before they throw their bark, and um, Frankie goes, "Hurry, take in the sails." And Nami's like, "Hey, are you sure, Frankie?" And then Frankie. So then we see Frankie with his arms up, and then we see Luffy, Usopp, and Chopper with their arms around each other, laughing really loud. And yeah. Frankie goes, stupid bastard, trust in the ship. And then Luffy goes, that's right, trust it, stupid bastard. And Ushop yeah. goes, you bastard, stupid bastard. And then Chopper goes, you bastard.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, wait, wait, who were we originally talking to? Who's, like, yeah. the bastard here?
0: And then Zoro's in the background going, you fucking help out, you assholes. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, man. So stupid bastard. Trust yeah. in the ship, dude. God. Mm-hmm. Fucking dummy. Um. All <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so now we see the. They go to the the uh Shibani Siboni or yeah. Yeah. and this is where they discover. Okay, so in order to get to the new world and Fishman Island, we have to coat our ship and get down below because Fisherman Island is an island under the sea. It's in the sea. Nope, that don't happen. they don't get to do that. Because they are now dealing with um, the. What are they fucking called, dude? The really high up government. The royal.
1: The, the celestial Henry dragons. The celestial. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. yep.
0: yep. Um, assholes. Fucking worst of the worst royalty. Yeah. These are the people lining the pockets of the Marines. Yeah. Okay? These are the lobbyists. These are the fucking rich. The rich elite. And they fucking. Um, are fucking buying and trading slaves and they discover this mermaid there and H- hachi from Arlong Park and they're like yo uh they're going to sell this fucking mermaid and so Luffy's like that's we're not going to let that happen fuck that cuz it's going to take like 2 3 days to coat the ship to go underneath and they find they're like, dude, okay, don't make a scene Don't fucking hit the Tenryubito Don't hit them, don't do anything And Luffy straight up punches the fucking Most important
1: one there Yeah, because so he's, iconic He's like, fuck <laughs> you, dude Like, yeah. oh In the God. anime, it's tight too Because after he shoots Hachi He's like, what the fuck And he like goes to go steal off him And everyone's like, yo, 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 chill, chill, chill And the moment just by itself Is just like so well built up in the anime But then as he jaws him the animation style switches to, like, something akin to the Take On Me video, where it's just, like, white and black, like, almost stop-motion sketchiness. Lines. Yeah, yeah, and, it's, mm-hmm. like... I think I even made an edit where, like, he wa- he walks up and punches him, and then I put take on me, like, in the background, remove the audio, and replace it with take on... <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, but don't forget that, like, yes, Luffy did that, but then, like, episodes before, Zoro tried to cut that motherfucker in half, too. He was, like, drunk stumbling through the fucking street or something, and then Charlos was on his little you know, human taxi service or whatever oh, he rides right. on. That's and then right. Zoro, and then everyone's like, oh, it's the Ten Ryu you and then Zoro's like, uh, get out of my way, man. You're in my way. And he's like, did you just say words to me? Kill that motherfucker. And he's like, what? you? He's like, what you saying? No, I'll slice you in half right now. And he goes to do it. And then Jewelry Bonnie jumps on him and he's like, big bro, don't do it. You're drunk. And then they like, let him go or whatever. And he's like, I was about to kill that
0: dude. <laughs> I, was cut, I was about to cut that bitch in half.
1: Yeah. And, <laughs>
0: and so at the end of this. It's really bad, okay? And mm-hmm. then Bartholomew Kuma shows up, and now we're starting to... We saw the first measurement of power with um, Mihawk He's fighting our... Zoro, right? Mm-hmm. Then we saw it with CP9. Oh, shit. These guys are... Holy shit.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Now we're really seeing the measurement yeah. difference of power between the Straw Hat crew and these people who work for the Marines. Yeah. And the Celestial Dragons.
1: Yeah. And and it always hits so much harder to know that, like, the higher up the, the ladder you go, the, you know, it, maybe not the higher up. Because like, inside of the Marines, obviously, their hierarchy is very much based on power. And the higher up you go, the stronger Marines get. But then, like, the world government all the way at the top running everything is people that are legitimately physically powerless. Like, these Celestial Dragons can't fight and have maybe not even ever, like touched another person with their bare hands before like they're that protected and sheltered and it's like that's who's fucking running everything from the top basically right. like yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. like that contrast always like makes it hit so much harder because it's like my people my people down here bottom of the totem pole got all the heart and all the power and they are nothing to people who literally just say words and have things done for them yeah it's just like oh that's so frustrating
0: and so this is where we meet Rayleigh as well yeah. and he w- was someone who sailed on Goldie Roger's ship and yeah. he introduces the another power system called Haki. Yeah. And, um, which they kind of mentioned a few places here and there before. Because um, I think Luffy did it accidentally at one point before as well. But mm-hmm. like, then Bartami Kuma shows up and it turns out that his power is not just making people disappear. He's literally pushing them with the force of like 15 million farts. I don't know. It's fucking just like he just shoots you to the other side of the world almost. And so everyone gets split up. And then this is where Luffy figures out that Ace has captured his brother Mm -hmm. Ace and Boa Hancock. That scene with Boa Hancock and them fighting in the arena and they have those marks on their backs. Yeah. And Luffy covers the back of the one, the one chick. And she's like, wait, we're yep. fighting. Why are you doing this? And he's like, that has nothing to do with our fight right now.
1: Right. And I know that you, like, are kind of self-conscious about it, I can tell. So I'm just going to yeah. plug yeah. you real quick. Don't worry about it. Don't mention it. And we're moving on.
0: I remember showing that to my friend and the people in my Discord. I was like, Luffy's a god. He's a god. He's a yeah. guy I want to worship. Like, he's a Perfect amazing. character. Perfect and, character. And then, so, like, Boa Hancock, the leader of the fucking island, is like, she turned these people to stone because they betrayed her by taking care of Luffy. And she's like, okay, you, you can't be that, like, fucking pure-hearted. Let's do let's let's do this. You can either save them or I can get you a ship off this island. Because Luffy's just trying to get yeah. off the island. He's got to meet his crew. And right. he's like, okay, well, then save them. Yeah. And then I was like, Luffy's a fucking god, dude. He's a, yeah. he's, a, he's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And fucking she starts falling in love with them, and it's so fucking yeah. funny. Yeah.
1: There like, was, was one of the tightest moments ever inside of the Amazon Lily art because that's when Rayleigh pulls up at the end and you find out that he swam butt naked through the calm belt, no weapons. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, wait, 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 the, 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 the place that's like literally a wall of sea kings that people can't sail through. It's like, yeah, I just fucking hit the breaststroke through that bitch real quick. Where's Luffy at? And it's yeah. like, yeah. um, sir. And he's
0: also like the only man that is like allowed there before Luffy. Yeah. Like.
1: yeah. It's like okay.
0: Yeah, fucking Boa Hancock. She looks down on you so hard that she looks up. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but so I just, funny. I just love when he's, she's like, she's like, um, yeah, Luffy. I can give you any ship you want, and he's like, okay, thanks. And she's like, he thanked me. Is that a marriage proposal? It's like,
1: oh my god. Hey. <laughs> get out of <outta> here, lady. <laughs> but so then we
0: get to Empel Down. Okay, yeah. Mpel Down is the the worst of the worst. Think, like, um, you know, Alcatraz or um, Guantanamo Tartarus. Bay. Tartarus. Yeah,
1: Tartarus. Easily the, the arc that I felt, the like, the the stakes the most in. Like, it was just straight tension, nail-biting, butt-clenchy yep. worry. Yep. Worry and fear and, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? Like, the most uncertainty. They just kept layering on the feeling of the farther down you go, the less likely it is that you'll come back up. So like by the time they actually get to the bottom and start trying to escape, you're like, there's no way in fucking hell you're getting out of here. Yeah. And Oda perfectly established that fear and that doubt and that uncertainty throughout yeah. Impel Down. It's honestly masterclass, the emotions that he was able to invoke and, or evoke. And one of, you <laughs> gotta
0: rem- one of you gotta remind me, because Oda was kind of throwing this in, In the last couple arcs of this big, you know, impending war between Whitebeard and uh, Blackbeard, world government and the world government, Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. And then Red haired Shanks, one of the four Emperors of the Sea, Big Goat, who the guy who gave Luffy his fucking hat. Oh yeah. Um, which I totally forgot to mention in the beginning. Um, what was the idea behind that? Right. So they captured Ace. Mm-hmm. And then,
1: well, Blackbeard went to go. Blackbeard was originally going to go get Luffy, he said, but then found out that Ace was like bent out of shape about how he had murdered um, the chef of the Whitebeard Pirates and took the the darkness fruit from him. Oh, that's so right. So then, the yeah. Yami, so then, Ace, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. So he he stole that from the chef. I can't remember the chef's name. Or whatever, but he like killed him and then stole it and then left Whitebeard's crew. And then Ace was like, "That was our guy. We need to go fuck this dude up for that." And even Whitebeard was like, "Nah, he might not want to do that. He's, I think he's cooking something a little bit deeper than than any of us realize. You should probably chill, Father's intuition, etc., etc." And Ace said, "Fuck that. I'm gonna go get him." So then Blackbeard took his sights off of Luffy and was like, "Well, this is even better. Almost. I'll just go. I'll just go get Ace." So then they fight on Banaro Island. Um, we find out that how Blackbeard's fruit works and then he takes down Ace and then brings him to, to Impel down and then they make him a warlord for that.
0: Yep, which he's using for his own means as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, then they put fucking Ace on display, right? They're yeah, gonna fucking yeah. execute him. And yeah. unfortunately by the time Luffy makes it down to the lower level of Impel down where they, they keep the most criminals we find fucking the Wax Wax Man number three, is it? Number... Yep. Yeah. We find Bonclay again, and they all help And good old
1: Bugums. <laughs>
0: and Buggy the Clown, who's actually pretty broken. Like, he's actually pretty powerful. Yeah, um, we got, like,
1: superimposed narration, like, Hunter Hunter style about, like, exactly how his devil fruit works with, like, the fucking, like... You know, psionic energy and like the the tele the telekinesis radius of like all of his moving parts and shit. I remember yeah. that in the manga, I was like, "Damn, we like never get that yeah. for for One Piece abilities." Oda Oda really wanted us to know exactly how this shit works this time.
0: Yeah <laughs> the the chop chop fruit, I think, is what it's called in yeah in in American, but like yeah. or in English. Uh,
1: yeah. But like bada bada, bada body body know me. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The body body know me. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. let me. So from Empel down to Marineford, Marineford is the third section of the world government within that triangle, yep. in which this is like headquarters. This mm-hmm. is where they're going to execute Ace. Yep. And I need to ask you guys, because let me tell you something. It's like a blur to me, right? And that's why I needed the the, the resummary there, mm-hmm. because that was so emotional and hard. I from Empel down to Marineford, even to the post war part, was so. There was a part where I was, like, two-thirds or halfway through Marine Four, and I was like, you guys, I have to stop reading. I can't. Yeah, this, this is too much. This is way too much. <laughs> my
1: and, heart's beating out of my chest. I can't clench these cheeks anymore. <laughs> right. And,
0: and Boa Hancock helps. Because Boa is one of the seven warlords, and they're going to have a meeting about the whole thing, Luffy yeah. sneaks on through Boa under her robe. And um, that's how he gets in. I got to ask you guys, What's your favorite parts about Impel Down and your favorite part about Marineford, the, the the big war?
1: Man, my favorite part about, government? my favorite part from Impel Down was just the sheer level of dread that was created from Magellan squaring up with Luffy and just having Luffy in his sights. Because that devil fruit that Oda decided to give the warden of this prison was so perfectly scary that it legitimately had me like, okay, I know this is the main character, but like this is too much like I know that everything is going to eventually work out but I could not for the life of me figure out exactly how it was going to happen and that mixed with the idea that there should just be no way that Luffy can contend with this just made that entire stretch of storytelling so stressful and so compelling for me because like you can't even be in the same room as this motherfucker like if, if you touch him you're poisoned to death if he touches you you're poisoned to death if none of you want to touch each other chloroball will fill the room with mustard gas and it's like what is going to happen right now and then luffy legitimately loses that fight and it's like well i wasn't expecting luffy to lose ever you know what i mean and it's like i mean he kind of already did in, in shibandi when kuma like sent everyone off so it was just back-to-back losses in a story that i was so positive was going to be focusing on the triumphs of the main cast because it's so big it's like how are they all going to lose at once how are they going to be back-to-back losses like this is like a 30-year story we got to get to the end like i was just like not ready for the amount of dread that came from magellan's presence in that arc (laughs) so that's my favorite part
0: his fruit was um anti-luffy it yeah almost 100 percent was anti-luffy
1: yeah, he but, can um, poison you to death on offense or defense. Like, that's yeah. fucked up. Like, you have to be a long-range energy cannon user <laughs> yeah. to fight this dude, and, like, even then, it's like you can't even get the distance you need because they're fighting in an enclosed prison. So yeah. you have to be close to this motherfucker, even if you're a long-range fighter. That, and, like, that was just so brilliant.
0: That power measurement we saw at the end of Shibandi is still very apparent here. This is not something where you can just go in, break in the prison, get ace, and leave. Right. This was... No, it's you versus uh some godly people here and it's fucking yeah. still yeah, I was yeah, exactly, the fucking drag. Yeah. Uh, and Eagle, Luffy's what, fighting right.
1: style even though, you know, he can do long-range attacks because he can stretch, like his physical body still has to hit you because he's a brawler. Yeah. Yeah. So it just yeah. makes it that much worse. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead, Eagle.
2: What's your favorite um, Impel Down part? My favorite part of Impel Down honestly is probably the fact that Bon Clay was reintroduced right and you know we got yep. to continue to explore the dynamic between Luffy and him and you know what that eventually culminated to at the end of the arc god and, damn like, it. even during the arc like when he's when he's riding or dying for fucking Luffy
1: yeah. Um and then, some of yeah, the like best the villain the arc, to ally man. writing that I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah,
2: and at the end of the arc when he fucking sacrifices his freedom in order to let them get away and yes. open the gates of justice, like that shit slapped so fucking hard, man. And yes. After that's yet another meeting... moment that I could pull up right now and watch and probably cry watching it.
0: After yeah. meeting his like idol Ivankov, too. Yeah. Like his yeah. idol and it's like Ooh, okay. Yeah. I'm about to, hold on a sec. Get a little
1: watery eyed. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's something that I love so much about One Piece is that like we it's like a it's a it's a thing you know what I mean in in shonen storytelling I want to say specifically more so than a lot of other areas of, of manga creation like in shonen manga you get a lot of this dude was a bad guy antagonist villain we whooped his ass and now he's kind of on the team you mm-hmm. know what I mean like that is like an established thing you know in 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 eastern comic book fiction so like. The way that it's done in One Piece, though, is that it feels so much better because it's such a long story. You know what I mean? So it's like if you were a villain 300 chapters ago and now you're an ally, so much character writing and and and, and, and story writing has kind of happened in the meantime that it feels a little bit more believable that someone can change that much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you go into a shorter story and you beat the bad guy and all of a sudden they're a good guy three chapters later, it's like that's kind of jarring a lot of the time. But in One Piece, they can get away with it because it's such a long story. And I... I just appreciate the fact that Oda understands his lane so well and knows, like, how to capitalize on all of the things that are either considered strengths or weaknesses in his story. He uses that and capitalizes it in ways that just make the story better.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah, no, I agree. I'm with one... I mean, with Eagle there. I just that, yeah. And I've said it, I love Bonclay Clay very much. I love... Um, I love the queerness with Ivan Cobb, and Bonclay, and I, that's another mm-hmm. reason I love Bonclay a lot as well. And it just, he just like, th- the whole healing part where Luffy was healing also was just like, and Bonclay is just screaming for him, and it's just yeah, like, God. My dad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so good. So good. And it just, now, okay, now we have to go fight this war after all that. Are you fucking kidding me? Because now we have to go get Ace at Marineford because they already transferred him there. They were too late. And so now here comes this big war, and then Whitebeard shows up, and fuck, dude. God fucking damn it. And you think, think too, like, okay, now Luffy's coming face-to-face with the world government, but his crew is not even with him, right? Which is fine, I guess, but not really. But, like, you know, he's got a bunch of other powerful people with him, like Ivan Cobb, and then he forms a... a yeah, Jinbei. Jinbei is awesome, man, because Jinbei is like, no, I was a royal, sh- I was a fucking one of the seven warlords, and it sucks, okay, it's, it's dumb, yep. it's bullcrap, they're full of crap, and um, then Whitebeard shows up, and then Whitebeard's like, all right, don't get in my way, then let's we'll form an alliance, and Luffy's like, yeah, I'm going to save Ace, fuck you, okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And this, so, this is the part I was mentioning earlier that was spoiled to me, was Whitebeard's death. Um, oh. I knew something Ooh. happened to Ace. I didn't know what. Mm. So I thought that happened later. Sure. I didn't know what happened now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, there's this thing in one piece called the Vivi card. Yep. And it yeah. points to like where you are. So like if I, so like, I, you know, like Noxy lives like north of me. Right. So if I had his Vivi card, it would point that way. Yeah. And, um, uh, I didn't know that it dissolves when you died.
1: Yeah, dude.
0: And so they symbolize it when Ace dies. They symbolize it by, I mean, obviously they show it, but, like, the first thing you see is it disappearing. Yep. And it's just like, okay, I guess I'm just fucking yes. Cry in my room for, like, the next week, I guess. Yeah, Sorry. for real. You know, like, I'm just like, that was like a shonen death where I was just like, I was not okay, right? I think the last time I felt something huge like that was um in Jujutsu Kaisen in the Shibuya arc and I won't say won't I won't say what. Actually one of the latest ones, the latest deaths, I won't say what death it is. Mm-hmm. But like Oh lordy. It's heavy. I was not ready I was not ready. Yeah. I was um okay, like I this is what I do. Okay, I wake up, okay, I work and then I get off work you know, touch Trisha's butt a few times. Oh, then, yeah. I, then I go to the stow.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I come home. I record with, with y'all yutzes, and then I go to sleep. I lay down yeah. with my iPad, with my manga app, and I read One Piece. And Sounds like a perfect day. I, I lay down, and I'm like, okay, we're in the middle of this war. The last thing I read was Whitebeard came through, and now they're fighting. And then I read Whitebeard's death and Ace's death in the same night. Ooh. And that was, that was not good. <laughs> it's just like yeah. I just, I couldn't That's stop thinking about it. Yeah, I should have waited till a Friday night or something because the next day at work, <laughs> the next day at work, while I was working, all I wanted to do was just go back and read and finish reading and read the post-war stuff. And
1: yeah, what was
0: your favorite parts? The y'all's favorite parts about that war, the Marine Ford,
1: arc?
2: Was... oh god, there's so Too many. many. You gotta, you Too gotta, many? gotta go yeah, first, is... Eagle. I mean. Fuck. (laughs) There's so many, right? Ah fuck. It's just like the warlords for one. It's the first time we see them like in full effect. Yeah. They're like like they're all there. They're doing their thing, you know. I mean obviously we have a couple of them that are like doing their own thing. Um, in terms of like Boa Hancock and Mihawk, but like we get to see them really in full effect and kind of what types of characters they have behind, behind them. The ones that we haven't seen at least. Like, obviously, we had dealt with Moria. We had an idea as to who Mihawk was. We dealt with Boa. um, But the rest were like a mystery. And so...
1: Yeah. That Seeing was them together as a military cool. force. Yeah.
2: Seeing them together as a military force. Yeah. Like, meeting Whitebeard like, and his full, full force of a crew. Um and seeing like that power dynamic established, like that power gap, you know. We got the, we got the example with the Admiral, but then to see like that war with Luffy there really put things in perspective in terms of like okay, yeah, like you you really still aren't shit. Like Yeah. Mihawk was talking shit way back then. Y'all done did some shit since then, and you're still not shit. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like, even think about that. Yeah. Yeah, so that that was huge to me. Like this, I don't know. There's so much, and obviously, the death of Ace was—I
1: don't
2: know—that was fucked. There's no yeah. other way to put it, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah, like you were safe,
2: you were safe,
1: and then he talked shit about your dad, and you turned around to go die, and it's like, dude, no, we were in the clear, yeah. we were on our way. Oh, for real.
2: I think yeah. pound for pound, my favorite moment in Marineford has to be one piece does exist
1: yeah it's just uh, fucking crazy
2: to to in such a spiteful manner to the world government yell that as his last words yeah um that was just so powerful within the series like and to me personally like i'm like damn this dude really went out like a fucking g and, Knowing uh, that
1: the government is trying to keep that secret so that he can keep the morale of the pirate era down, you know what I mean? Like, they exactly. don't want people to know, they, they they would rather have it be ambiguous or have people, you know, just assume that it's not a real thing or whatever for one reason or another. And they've been trying to keep that lie going as best as they can. And then for the most prominent pirate in the world at that time at such a climactic point for both factions to come out and say, don't even trip I'm dead. But like, go get the one piece. It's fucking real. You well, know what I mean? Like yeah. in a
2: time where like it honestly had been tapering off. Like it had been 24 right. years since, you know, since Roger's, you know, proclamation of like, go get mm-hmm. the one piece. It's out there. Nobody found this shit. Like it was a thing. You were watching people watch the den, den Mushis and shit. Like, ah, oh, this yeah. pirate era shit is dead. You know, like, The One Piece probably doesn't exist. Like, I'm just going to give up on this pirate life. And then, like you said, to have somebody of that stature in the pirate world, Edward Newgate, he was around back then. He fucking fought with Roger. He knows what the fuck is up for him to say as his dying breath, like, One Piece does exist. That literally re-sparked the pirate era. Right after that, we get, like, post-war a bunch of fucking panels of these people rushing back out to the sea, like, oh, he said that shit was real, bro? We're back on bumpers, like, let's get it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he knew, Sengoku knew that shit right away. As soon as he said that, I believe, like, the very next panel was Kisa like, fucking Sengoku Kisama! Like, you fucking yeah. bastard. You fucking motherfucker. Like, he literally knew how powerful that statement was. And so, yeah, I mean, pound for pound, that's gotta be that's got to be my favorite moment, man. I still get goosebumps just thinking about that shit, man. God yeah. damn
1: it. Yeah. God you got all the major moments, you know what I mean? Like, finding out that Luffy and Ace aren't, like, actually blood-related and that it was really Gold Roger's son is Ace and Pork D-Rouge, you know what I mean? Like, carried him in her stomach for, you know, longer than nine months because the world government was doing, like, you know, genetic, like, you know... um, Uh, term testing you know what i mean like on like women who were pregnant at the same time that gold roger was like known to have kind of like had a kid or be like having a kid or something like that like you got all of that like crazy reveal and storytelling that was like really deep and then obviously the one piece exists and you know the ace death and the Akainu stuff, like, all of those major points are crazy, but just on a smaller scale, uh, the one of the moments that's burned into my head is when Luffy and Mihawk kind of clash together, and the last time we saw Mihawk, you know, get active for real, for real, was against Zoro, and we saw how overwhelming that was, and that was, like, less of a big deal of a moment than this, obviously, so Mihawk really isn't playing games on this battlefield, one, because, you know, the world government is literally watching him, and like that's his like job right now is to work for them, so he can't like skimp in any kind of noticeable way. So he has to go hard in these moments, unlike in the Baratier arc where he saw an ambitious swordsman and decided to teach him a lesson. The situations are wildly different. And Mihawk is showing way more power on this battlefield than he ever did in the Baratier. So he's that much scarier. And he runs into Luffy and Luffy's like, I'm about to hit this motherfucker with a bazooka. And he goes to rear it back and launches it at him. And then he has like a fucking like clairvoyant premonition of like what will happen to his arms if the bazooka connects and it just shows Mihawk just cleaving his arms in half with no difficulty so he's like oh my god no and he like has like a fight or flight response of like impending death and shoots his arms into the ground like just in front of Mihawk instead of actually trying to connect the attack And Mihawk was like, okay, he must have known what would happen to him if he tried that shit. Good. (laughs) And then just keeps it pushing. And I'm like, oh my god. And then he, like, sends a slash at Luffy. And Luffy, like, Matrix Neo dodges it, like, backwards just by a fraction of a hair. And then the energy wave from the sword slash slices the tidal wave that Aokiji froze, like, in half effortlessly. And you're like, oh my god, that would have splattered you. Like, that would have literally deleted you if it connected. It was just like that. Those kind of moments in the war, like, stuck out to me from, like, a combat mm-hmm. perspective.
0: Mm-hmm. I also really like the moment in which we got to see Luffy and Ace fight next to each other for a little bit. Oh, yeah. So Badass. good. And then, of course, we get the flashback of Luffy and Ace growing up together with Sabo. And oh, yeah. Peak. And then Monkey D. Dragon coming through. And then you figure out that Monkey D. Dragon is Luffy's dad.
1: You found that out after in East Lobby when you met Garp.
0: That's right. Yeah, because, oh, yeah, Garp, his grandpa, who just beats him mm-hmm. up all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: hilarious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like He's like, okay, I'm leaving leaving Luffy. Okay, bye. You yeah. can be more sincere than that. Why? Every yeah. time you see me, you just beat me up.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> another super impactful moment in Marineford for me now that we're on the subject is Garp's reaction to, you know, the death of Ace or whatever. Oh, yeah, he was ka- ready to kill. A, what, yeah, when Akainu kills yeah. him. You know, Garp is like, all right, fuck it, I've had enough. I, I know that, like, I've been trying to, like, keep, like, a neutral, you know, to, like kind of, like, almost centrist kind of, like, take on this because my kids are involved and my job is on the line. I've been a Marine my whole life, so it's, like, really conflicting in that way because my son, you know, knew the route that he was taking and, and knew that, you know, like, I didn't want him to be a pirate but went anyway, so this is all on him. He's an adult big boy now. Like, he's got to figure it out on his own. I can't interfere one way or another. Otherwise, I'll be betraying, you know one half of, like, who I am as a person, no matter what. So he just kind of, like, sits back and lets everything happen. Then when Ace dies, he's like, nah, I'm killing that Akainu motherfucker right now. And Goku has to grab him, like, hey, don't you fucking do it. You know what I mean? And I was like, no, let him go. Let's see what happens. Like it's Garp, bro. Like, Oh, like I think about that all the time. Like dude, Garp was really ready to smoke this motherfucker. And I know he could have.
2: Right. Yeah. And then I feel like at that time, if no other time, like obviously it's a heated debate among the community. I'm in the Garp is whooping his ass camp personally. Same, same. Um, same, same. And especially in that moment, like, where they're both worn out, like, Garp is fresh as fuck. People are like, oh, Garp got his ass whooped by Luffy. He was bloodied by Luffy. Like...
1: Uh, phew, shut up.
2: <laughs> if we want to talk about, like, the character traits in terms of, like, durability versus endurance, that's a whole nother debate. Like, and there's just so many factors debate. involved. Like, Garp is yeah. an endurance character who will take damage and endure through it rather than, yeah. you know... A durability character who's like Kaido whose level of durability is so high that you can't even hardly even fucking hurt him yeah right. so that's a whole different thing anyways yeah yeah Garp is a fucking tank the punch from Luffy didn't do shit he could take a yeah. million more of those and never fold
3: right. anyways <laughs> yeah,
2: I, yeah, yeah I think especially in that moment where Akainu is worn the fuck out like he is he's been taking a beating from Whitebeard and some more shit like oh yeah Garp you know and he was about folding. to catch him and was about to catch him off Garp Yeah, boy yeah, it's like, be over. Sucker punch his shit, hockey fist to the back of your fucking dome? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 No. He,
0: he, fucking, totally forgot about that too, Aokiji, Akainu, you know, and Kizaru, which like, Aokiji, you know, at the beginning of his name means blue, and then Akainu, you know, at the beginning of his name means red. And, yep. and because yeah. you know, ice and fire. Kizaru, I don't know what his. It's name yellow, is. so it's
1: so it's, it's red. Here. It's red dog, blue pheasant, and yellow monkey. Oh, that's right, yeah. yellow monkey. Okay. Yeah.
2: Um. And and the colors and the and the animals are both like both tie into their personalities as a character and everything like that and their overall right. aesthetic, right? Like yeah, right. A which by is the the red dog, which is like you know, angry, you know, fucking yeah, yeah. 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 which by and the he's way he's the biggest is like,
1: dog for the military like he's literally like they're like you know yeah utmost loyal you know we'll fight to the death for you kind of character and then obviously yeah. Aokiji's more chill you know what I mean laid back or whatever and so is Kizaru but in a more like playful monkey kind of way and not like you know chill on the ice side of things but chill on the you know immature monkey yeah. king kind of vibe yeah
0: and then, which which by the way, Oda does really clever with the names. Not every character's name has like a thing like that, but a lot of them do. Yeah, right. Um, and then after this, Aokiji quits anyway. So he's like, Yep. he's like, dude, fuck this. Are you kidding me? Like this is yeah. trash. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, I that's and then we get the post-war arc, right? Which is about 17, 15 chapters around there. Um. Mm, yeah, something like that. This is right... So everyone split up. We, of course, saw for the last, um, let's see, twenty four, five hundred. I'm looking at the arc list right now. Eleven thirty, almost, almost eighty some chapters, seventy some chapters. That we saw what Luffy was doing, and not anyone else. Um, we kind of see now where everyone else ended up, and Luffy sends a message. Is able to send a message via the newspaper, by going back to Logetown Town and ringing the bell, um, and then he.
2: Uh, or he went back to Marineford.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. And, um, uh, they he basically everyone reads this newspaper and they all get Luffy's message. We were supposed to meet back at Shibandi in two weeks. Now it has to be two years. Mm-hmm. And so, first of all, everyone gets hotter. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Number one. Number two. Especially Usopp. He, had the, I he swear. had the he had the craziest glow up out of everybody.
0: Usopp dude is fucking badass. And like, Buff.
1: yeah, fucking
0: Brooke turned into Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. And
1: then
0: <laughs> um, Zoro straight up looks like a samurai right now. You know, he's like fucking Kenshin Himura, fucking ass. Yeah, that's like,
1: crazy. Brooke really did go from slash to Jimi Hendrix, two he, legends, two goats, back to back.
0: He really did. He really did. And yeah. and then now we're now we're seeing the extent of how powerful Luffy can get. Mm-hmm. Because when they come back and do meet in Shibandi, he he can use his hockey like he has yeah. the armament hockey which can like harden his shit. Yeah. So imagine being able to stretch Like, I mean, he's basically a a fucking rope dart, right? Like, his fist can become something hard, and then he can throw that hard fist, you know, really far. With the
1: inertia uh, and, you know, tensile strength of, like, a rubber band.
0: Yep. And then Zoro trains under Mihawk.
1: Yeah. What?! That shit's crazy. And it was so cool. Cu- it was so crazy going back to Shibondi, too because the last time they were there, you know, pacifistas wiped the floor yep. with them. You know, little little, little clone little robots shorts. of an actual warlord, not even the actual warlord that separated them or whatever at the end of um you know shibandi and at the end of thriller bark or whatever it's not that kuma that whooped him it was the fucking clones of that character which yep. are wildly broken in their own right but still probably weaker than the real deal and then they go back to shibandi after the time skip and just no diff that entire exact same situation and just it's just like, one okay. shot the fuck out of them yes that is the perfect way to represent how far they've come in these two years is to go back to the last time they lost and put them in similar circumstances and show just how, you know, much more effective they are. Because they danced on those pacifistas <laughs> after the time skip, like, there was no sweat broken yeah. at yeah. all. Yeah. Luffy
2: literally would, like, boom, dodge the lasers like it wasn't shit. Barely even moved. glitched up above him and fucking just,
1: bah! jet pistoled his oh, one shit one into a fucking fuck crater. Yeah.
2: So, because he's got, he
0: worked on his observation hockey, too, right? Because yep. And and you guys got to tell me because I must have missed it. What happened to Zoro's eye?
1: He's Well, he had to get that in like a side, you know, like interview or whatever. Someone asked him because it still hasn't been explained narratively. Like in oh, the okay. actual canon story, it hasn't been explained what happened to it. But someone asked Oda like, what's the deal with that? And all he said was he sacrificed it for great power.
3: That's
2: oh, what okay. i saying. So basically, I think it's as simple as this. Literally, Mihawk had a... Actual line of dialogue where he tells him, "I explored the world. I went through this world, you know, viewing it with my own two eyes." He literally told him, "Like, shut one of your eyes and view the world, and see what conclusion you come to." I'm pretty sure it was the was the line of dialogue he said. Like, oh yeah, I remember us talking about how he like nerfed himself. To, so I'm pretty sure Zoro yeah. just literally fucking cut his own eye and closed it permanently.
1: Yeah, maybe
0: he fucking did a fucking bill the butcher. Jesus yeah God, dude yeah. um okay so then let me ask you this the what's the x scar on luffy's chest was that from, from the chains no
1: from that's from when a punch. kainu that's a magma punch a, after a kainu killed ace and luffy was sitting there he's like all right well if you're like catatonic i'm about to kill you next then, oh, okay. then jimbe jimbe was like nah get away from him that's my guy and then like he still followed through with the punch and he punched through jimbe and hit luffy yeah, and that that like you know that contact created that X scar on his chest. Right. Okay.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. I must have missed it. I gotta go back and read it. It's yeah, easy
1: no, to like, miss. It blew it's just
2: fucking organs out. Like Law had to do a lot.
0: Yeah. 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 Fucking
2: Law is, is a badass, by the
0: way. Yeah. Um, I had to. Yeah, that Marine. Like again, Marine was like a blur to me. You know, I was just like, yeah. God damn it.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it comes at you quick.
0: So, post-war arc ends at five ninety-seven. When you start 598, you were now two years ahead. Yes. So that was the point of this podcast was I read the first 600 chapters. Here we are. And so I just I know we missed a lot. It doesn't do justice. But obviously the people listening to this, I just wanted them to hear my thoughts on it.
1: Yeah, A comprehensive pre-time skip discussion between three people should be like five hours, you know what I mean? If we're really really trying to cover all of the bases. Honestly, honestly, (laughs) you know,
0: and I know that I'm really busy with Anime Summit and these guys are really busy doing what they do, doing great things over there. And I just have to tell you you guys this. I went to your channel on YouTube because I was very curious what chapter it was you were reviewing at episode one. So I sorted your videos from oldest to newest and I found it. Yeah. You guys were reviewing chapter 952.
2: <laughs> That's wild. So,
0: I I didn't I didn't realize and that was uploaded um 3 years ago on the 20th this month.
1: Wow, so 3 years has only been 101 One Piece chapters. That's crazy. Yes. yes. Wowzers.
0: So, I I was curious cuz I'm I'm at 820 now. I was curious how close I was to that. Yeah. And um, I'm getting pretty close now. So I it's very it's very wild to me how much you guys have covered it. You know, you've covered it every week, you know, aside from the chapters where from because I'm sure he's taken a break a few times. Right. Since yes. was,
1: a few. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Three years is supposed to be like 52 chapters a year. Right it should be like around fifty chapters, yeah, we're like
2: just over a hundred, so he's taken fifty breaks, so between holiday breaks and his own breaks, yeah, there's fifty yeah. absent chapters of one piece,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, which is understandable, right, because manga path. fucking right. mangaka kill themselves doing what they do, I mean, just For you real? know fucking togashi and.
1: Yeah, and it's Um, nice that we're starting to see that the publication line is giving, you know, mangaka a little bit more of a breather. I think they, I don't know if they're unionizing, probably not, because that doesn't sound likely, but at least their voices seem to be being heard a little bit better because you got... Mangaka like, Akutami Gege on Jujutsu Kaisen, who takes a break, like, every two weeks now, and then when Gege takes a break, then you can be sure that Horikoshi Kohei, the mangaka from My Hero Academia, is gonna be on break, like, shortly after that. They have, like, alternating off weeks, you know, inside of just those two mangaka, it feels like. And then you got Kaiju number eight over on the Jump Plus side of things, and they have a schedule that was originally weekly, then it was three weeks on, one week off, and now it's just bi-weekly. You yep. know what I mean? So they're letting... They're letting these mangaka, you know, like, kind of, you know, get get little breathers here and there a little bit more. It's not, like, the hard weekly or else deadline anymore. Right.
0: You know? Well, I remember after Shibuya incident in Jujutsu Kaisen, they were, like, they were telling Gege, they were, like, yeah, dude, maybe you should chill. And he's, like, no, it's fine. Yeah. And then they were, like, then he was, like, okay, I'll take a break. And then he did. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, I, it was one of his editors, I guess, that was telling him. Yeah. But, no, I understand. Yeah, Oda is doing something um, very nutty. And I guess recently he said in an interview that it will end within the next three years.
1: Yeah. which He, he beats trying to say that. You know what I mean? Like there's been like four or five instances of him saying, I think I have a good idea of when this is going to be done. And he's had to push that back like multiple times. It was, it was in five years like, you know. However, long ago, and then it updated again. Like, no, 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 in five years, it'll be done again. There were like two different five year estimates, and now he's like, okay, this time it's three years and we'll be done. So, like, you never know.
0: And I know that he knows how it's going to end, it's just like the getting there part, you know. Like, it's but I would very much like to have this discussion again once I catch up. Oh, yeah, because I understand from what I am hearing and reading. Um, which is very which is shitty now because now I'm getting a bunch of one piece stuff on my social media. I have to yep. be careful to avoid spoilers. Oh yeah. But from what I understand is that the fight with Kaido just happened. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Because I'm on eight twenty something, and they're they were talking about this twenty chapters ago. We got to fight Kaido, right? Yeah. So that that was I I understood that that was coming anyway. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 the the details and outcome of that fight that I'm trying actively to avoid right now that i'm just like okay i gotta just fucking
1: you got this you, well, yeah. you got less than 200 chapters now you know what i'm saying so right. like you you came you came this far you might as well just zone in knock that out stay off social media is like you know as much as you can obviously yeah, you know right I mean? well but i don't
0: like, have twitter or instagram you know so
1: oh then you're but like good but well face- facebook is pretty ruthless yeah
0: facebook does like that dumb marketing shit they're like oh you might like this page and then it shows me a one-piece meme yeah and i'm like fuck I <laughs> yeah. just like scroll really yeah. quick, but um, yeah, no, I, I thank you guys very much for coming on here and fucking Eagle, you know. I we need to have Eagle on for manga therapy because last time, for part two manga therapy, we had you and Nickums, Yeah. And I think uh, I would like part to, one I need, was
1: me and Kiko. Yeah. No, part one was just you. Oh, it's just me.
0: Yeah, and now Witch Atelier is like my favorite fucking manga in the world. So yeah. Um. Which everyone clowns me on in my Discord. I think all you guys need to go to hell, by the way. That's <laughs> um,
1: funny as fuck.
0: Yeah, dude. And so then, like, I, I I, need I need Eagle recommendation, okay? I need my Eagle time. So, like, food, food. I know Eagle... I don't know what Eagle's taste is like compared to y'all's, but I know it's different enough where if I get a recommendation from Eagle, I'm going to be like, wow, this is peak. So, yeah. um, I still have to start Noxie's recommendation from... The Last one, which I
1: believe was, um, uh, I can't even remember what I did now. It's been Frontier, so Shangri La Frontier, Shangri La Frontier. That's right. Oh, you yeah. haven't done that yet?
0: No, I just, yeah, I, I seen Birdface Johnson, and that was it. I
1: haven't, yeah, I haven't, <laughs> yeah, Yeah. <laughs> get on that. I'm yeah, still so reading,
0: gotta, I'm yeah. still so reading One Piece, and then I'm reading TR and Chainsaw Man Part Two weekly right now. So I'm like, yeah. Um Unlocked JJK I I have to catch up on. I'm like 10 chapters yep. behind on each other's. Kaiju number 8 I'm like a volume behind
1: on. Oh yeah, it's easy money.
0: Yeah. Uh Kaiju 8 said easy to read. Very easy yeah, read. Super but, easy to read. But One Piece is like I want One Piece to take my full attention right now because I want to get there. Absolutely. Um so but I I will tell anybody this right now. And yes, I've done I've I, I have done the thing where I went and watched the anime. <laughs> like yeah. I want I go and watch the scene in the anime because I want to see it um mm-hmm. that is that works for me that doesn't mean it necessarily will work for you if if you do have the time and want to do it I would just do both um my other partner and her husband are watching the anime and they're at dress rosa right now so now I'm past them mm-hmm. um whereas like they were they were watching it for a long time right but they watch together right so it's like oh well if you're at work I don't want to watch without you you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um which, I guess, he watched Dress Rosa without her, and now she's pissed.
1: oh uh, But, you know... <laughs> oh, Doghouse for that, man. You sleeping yeah. on the couch, boy! Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Uh, but, I, so, thankfully, I don't have that problem with Trisha, you know? Because she yeah. doesn't watch or read everything I read. But, uh... She has done it. We've done that to each other before. Fucking but just betray each other on TV shows. Like, what? Fucking for wait for real. me, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, freaking, I, <laughs> yeah, the zoo arc is just a bunch of face Johnson, so I love it. It's like, you know, Yes. All the animals. Johnson. All yes. the animals, dude. I, Big I sh- linkage. I show Trisha because, like, she loves animals as much as I do, so I'm like, babe, look at this bear. Who's bear right now? Who's <laughs> this fucking polar bear on, on Lod's crew? What a badass.
1: Yes. 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 Yeah.
0: And Trisha's Bat-bo. like, who's,
2: who Big is
1: this fat birdies. cat?
0: I'm like, dude. Neko Nekomamushi. This fucking- I'm like, this is the nighttime king. What are you talking about? Put
3: some
1: cat diaper. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, it's Neko Mamushi. Neko Mamushi, dude. Fucking base. Um,
0: I will. (laughs) So let me ask you one more question before we get out of here, and I'll start. What's your favorite comedic moment? I'll tell you my favorite, beside the stupid bastard thing, was when they were on the way to the Fishman Island. Which, by the way, I love Shirahoshi. She's like my favorite. She's amazing. Yawahoshi. yeah, fuck, fucking queen as fuck. Mm-hmm. But like her cryhoshi is what Luffy calls her. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah,
1: coward Yoshi or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cryhoshi. Yawahoshi.
0: Um, they're like on the way to the island, the Fishman Island, and this big fucking undertide current thing fucks with them. Or what do they call it? Uh, what does it call it? A gale or not a gale, but like a. God, I forgot Ooh, the name I of it, but it's I can't like a big this one. It's yeah. a big underwater current thing that kind of fucks him up. Yeah. And Sanji's like, okay, let's take roll call, make sure everyone's on the ship. Nami, here. Nico, I'm here. Okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's go.
1: <laughs> Completely forgot about that. And, like, I don't even have a memory now that you're saying it, but it's just so Sanji. And I know that motherfucker so well that I'm like, yes, that happened it and happened chopper, exactly like that <laughs>
0: chopper Usopp, and brooker on the floor crying dude say our names too
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man i think um i think the funniest moment for me uh oh man okay uh thriller bark when they first f- see zombies for the first time and the yeah. zombies come out of the grave and luffy's just like straight face like huh and then the zombies doing zombie shit, walking towards him. And Luffy's like, "No, no, 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 no!" And just walks up to him, grabs him by the shoulders, and pushes him back down in the <laughs> yeah. grave. And then the zombies like, "That's not how it works." <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Luffy's like, "No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no, we're, not, we're not doing zombies. Get back down there." And he's like, "Hey."
0: <laughs> Which, by the way, like this is like kind of plays to my earlier thing about like fitting as much culture and folktales in it. We have pirates, zombies. Mm-hmm. And knights, samurais, and now I'm at, a part now, where, well, I'm at yeah. a part now where we're talking about ninjas
1: Yep. and samurai.
0: Like, there's Kano and, and Wano country, and it's
1: pretty yep. crazy. Don't forget, anyway, like, doll people. <laughs>
0: doll people, fucking yeah. face Johnsons, a walking elephant island, which, yeah. by the way, I love because elephants are sacred in, like, my heritage, oh, and yeah. Thai heritage, so. Oh, yeah. Um, Eagle, favorite comedic moment, what do you got?
2: I wouldn't even say it's necessarily a comedic moment. It's just a moment of funny-ass voice acting. Um, oh, sure, 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 sure. I don't know. It has to do with Frankie. I can't even remember exactly when it was. But, like, they're in a rough, stormy situation or something happens where, like, they go through, like, a really rough bit of turbulence or, like, some big wave hits them or something and Frankie literally is just like, "Mom!" And the way he the way he says it, bro, like took me the fuck out. Like he's just literally like, NAMDA! And like, his voice acting is just so peak right there. Yeah. But yeah. my favorite comedic moment in One Piece is honestly not even Canon. It's uh oh. it's from the it's from the filler arc after um after fucking Arlong Park I think with like the fucking dragons in the anime I don't know, neither of you probably know about it but it's a filler arc in the anime basically this little girl is cooking dinner for the crew and it is disgusting and uh, Zoro's about to say that it's disgusting and like before he can get the words out in like one swift motion Nami stomps on his foot he gets the fucking like anime sharp teeth, like, ah! Scream, the pain scream, and like, sharp he, she, stomps teeth. On his shit, <laughs> she stomps on his shit. He's like, ah! And while he's screaming, she fucking dumps the plate of food down his mouth and fucking slams his mouth shut. And fucking, <laughs> Look,
1: shit, we like, we loved shit.
2: it. <laughs> yeah, like, shut the fuck up. And so that, that <laughs> moment took me the fuck out. And it stands out. Like, yeah, that's my favorite comedic moment. It's not even canon.
1: Another um, really funny moment of voice acting real quick from Frankie, just because you made me remember it. It's after the time skip, I think. And there's like this like joke inside of Frankie's character because he runs on cola that if you put a different kind of drink in his cola spot that he will have a different personality depending on the drink or whatever, and they put, like, tea in his chassis. Some, like, green tea or some shit. And he turned into this, like, sophisticated butler for a moment, and he, like, sips yeah, yeah, black, black tea, tea is whatever. A thing, I believe. Yeah, he, he's like sophisticated like butler Frankie and he like takes a sip and he's like, ah, it has super flavor. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I can't even like <laughs> I can't even you, know, you have to just like see it. I can't super recreate the flavor. funny. Yeah, he's like it has super flavor. And I was just <laughs> like, Oh man, you're still Frankie but different. That's so good. <laughs> That's
0: great, man. Mm-hmm. I also love when um luffy meets somebody not human and he's like do you poop like,
1: yeah <laughs>
2: like... and then yeah. nami
0: and he was up, like dude like yeah he's nah. asking
1: the mermaids i think in uh in in shibandi it's like the the human auction like trafficking shit or whatever they're all like hemmed up together and he's like talking to a mermaid for the first time because she's like up for auction and i think he asks like do you poop and they're like "Read the
0: room and then she responds she goes yeah yeah. <laughs> like, like, don't yeah, answer dude. him.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't answer him. Yeah.
0: Um, but no, seriously. I think you guys. Was, we went on for like two and a half. I was, I fucking told these bitches. I was like, "Let's gonna take like an hour. It's fine." No.
1: Oh, I knew that. I knew that. Yeah, I like, no, yeah we I knew like, that no was capped. We've yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one one piece. One, You can't try to make a one piece an hour-long conversation, no. <laughs> no, matter, no matter the subject, especially one as big as, like, all of pre-time skips. So. But it was a blast. Thanks for having us, of course. This Fuck is yeah. fucking awesome. We got to do it more often.
0: Yeah, dude, Fuck for yeah. real. I'm excited, and I will make sure we plan Manga Therapy Part 3, and uh, I will make sure that I read... Uh, Shangri Lao Frontier before that, and make sure yes. that the other two read their recommendations before that, which I don't know if they did. Probably not, because Nick sucks. But, like, <laughs> um, you know, if he can't read the manga on his bucket, then it's like it doesn't count. So, like, we yeah. have to make sure he's equipped with a bucket at all times.
1: Gotta hold his hand. Baby steps. It's all good. We'll get him there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,. I just sort of remember thinking back to Anna too when he got bodied by the iPad. It was so fucking funny. Oh, God. That was so funny. <laughs> and they were like, dude, just put it on your bucket. <laughs> just stand it up <laughs> in your bucket. Um, I don't remember what you recommended, what you and Nickem recommended Danny, but uh, I think she read one of them. But, uh, I, think I, I think
1: I tried to give her Maho Sensei Negima. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I tried to give her Spirit Circle too. Can't Spirit remember. Circle. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's was, it was something like that.
0: But uh, I will make sure that we are prepared for that. And if you guys want to hear more Project Manga, I suggest you just peep game. And then I'll just let Eagle tell you guys where to find it.
2: Fuck yeah. I mean, yeah, we're on YouTube, Twitch, Patreon. Um, I'm assuming all of our affiliated links will be you know, in the description below. But yeah, you can uh, look up Project Manga on YouTube, man. We put fire-ass content out week to week. Covering mm-hmm. Weekly Shonen Jump six series inside of the uh, magazine. So, those what series six series are you be doing right Alan's now? Aliens Area, Sakamoto Days, um, Yozakura Family, Jujutsu Kaisen, My Hero Academia, and of course, Goat Fucking Peace. Yeah. Yeah. Hell oh, yeah, dude. Okay.
1: You already yeah. know what it is. Project Manga. Everything. We'll see you around.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah. So thank you very much. Love you guys. I love you guys very much.
1: And love you too.
0: All y'all listeners who were trying to get me to read one piece, there you go. I'm reading it right now. I'm gonna continue reading it and then I will catch up with you when I get up to the uh, the current chapter.
1: When you're and in the building.
0: When I'm in the building. Okay, I'll yes. let you know. I'll ring the I'll ring the fucking bell. I'll tell the fucking security Hello. secretary person who is really hot, probably not single, thanks to my luck. And even if she wasn't to me, I wouldn't fucking know it because I'm a fucking lesbian. But uh <laughs> <laughs> That being said, I love you guys. I love you guys very much. I love you just the way you are. And thanks for listening every week. Please go check out Project Manga. I've been Sam. That's been Noxy. And for the first and not the last time, Igri. (laughs) And this has been the Anime Summit Podcast.